I'm sure many of you are aware about what's happening in Hawaii, in Maui specifically. An entire city was razed by a wildfire. So we're going to go over some of the basic details on that, give you guys an update. I think it's really important news. And you know, we're, we're looking at all these stories. Typically, we talk about politics and culture. But this one, I think, is very important. A lot of people are mentioning that they have friends and family in the area or that they're being impacted in some way. So uh, we'll go over some of those updates. Now, we do have some news pertaining to international conflict at a, I think it was a national security presentation in Russia. They're warning that NATO is preparing an occupation of Ukraine. This is the perspective from Russians. And that's not to say it's true, but that they are preparing for this as well under the belief that NATO is about to escalate into a full-scale war from a proxy war. Thus, I don't know, I guess World War III. So we'll talk about that. We got a bunch of other stories. Joe Biden's asking for money. We've got the, the, the proposed trial date for Donald Trump, which is going to be in January, which would absolutely obstruct the election. We'll get into all of that. Before we do, my friends, head over to castbrew.com. This show is brought to you by Cast Brew Coffee. We, uh, we sponsor ourselves. Join the Cast Brew Coffee Club. You get uh, either ground or whole bean for 40 bucks a month, three different bags of our coffee. And we also have whole bean ground of all of our different varieties. We got K-Cups now available. So I recommend you guys pick up your K-Cups, get them in all your corporate offices or whatever if you can, and uh, drink the coffee. And I will uh, just mention briefly, Rise with Roberto Jr., the current art will be the last run. And after uh, we have a few thousand of the bags left, uh, just the bags, not the coffee. We, we fill the bags uh, when the coffee is roasted fresh. But once we run out of this particular art, the new bags will be the memorial for Roberto Jr., who passed away unexpectedly a few days ago. Sad story, everybody, but uh, we, we recommend you pick up your rise with Roberto Jr. now while you can still get the original bag, which is the bag from when Roberto Jr. was here and the mascot of the company. So sad, sad news, but uh, we're going to be choosing an heir. Roberto Jr. has, I believe, three sons. He may have more because uh, they're all very small right now, and uh, we, we, we may have more children, and we'll have to figure out who's going to be the heir, Roberto III. Also, head over to TimCast.com, click join us, become a member. We're going to have a members-only uncensored show coming up for you at 10 p.m. tonight live on the front page of TimCast.com, but also available on the mobile app, which you can download for Android by clicking mobile app at TimCast.com. Smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this episode, share this show right now by taking the URL on YouTube, posting it on all your social media if you really do want to help, because that uh, it really, really does help. Joining us tonight to talk about this and a whole lot more is Ali London. Great to be back, Tim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you want to uh, introduce yourself? Tell everybody who you are? Yeah, so I am Ollie London, the author of Gender Madness. A lot of people might know me from my tweets. I'm always posting about the gender ideology that's affecting society right now. And, you know, I think it's very important to be calling that out. Right on. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, I'm just in the US now. I've got my new book coming out, uh, Gender Madness, which is you know, talking about my own identity battle and also the identity battle that thousands of teens are experiencing right now from social media indoctrinating them to school systems and entertainment industry as well. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later on in the show. But uh, I think the simple version is you were well known for identifying as a Korean woman, was it? Yes. So I had a crazy identity story and, you know, I overcame it last year and realized, you know, just need to find happiness from within. Right on. Well, thanks for joining us. We got thanks. Hannah Claire hanging out. Hi, um, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. I'm so happy to be here. And Ian's here too. Hello, everyone. Ian Crossland. Happy to be here. Good to see Ollie. Cool book, man. Cool cover. I like the idea of putting your face really big on the cover. Thanks. A lot of Photoshop there, as you can tell. Beautiful. Nice <laughs> work. You. That's the way you do work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, Serge, what's happening, brother? Pleasure. Oh. Pleasure to see you, Ollie. It's been a while now. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, excited for this episode. I'm Surge.com. Let's get started, Tim. Let's jump into this first story. It's really big news. Many of you probably saw the news about what's going on in Maui, a, a major wildfire raising the entire town of, I, 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 do you guys know how to pronounce it properly? I want to make sure, is it Lahaina? 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 Yeah. It's probably, okay, I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's just head stuff, and I think the images are, uh, they're, they're, they're shocking. The latest news we have from the Washington Post, the death toll has risen to 53. So I want to show some of these images and just give you the general update. We don't know exactly what started the fire just yet, but this is absolutely a, a massive fire. I saw these photos and I was thinking to myself, you know, like, how did every single car on the highway get engulfed in these flames? And the whole city, you look at these photos, very few structures remain. There are a few that survived, but some houses totally just wiped out, completely erased. And uh, this this photo is absolutely horrifying. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I I really don't know what how we we add to this or talk about it. But I thought it was it was particularly important to bring up considering this is the major breaking news. Many people are being affected. Serge, you said I think you said that the whole city was wiped out, or was that hyperbole? Did you did you say that earlier? Bro, look at these photos. Yeah, this is like if you look right there, like that's that's all of Lahaina, like that that's like the whole thing. So Maui's the yeah, island. I'm sure the Lahaina's other side the city of like. Yeah, out. yeah, I'm sure like the other side of the highway, at least what it looks like, it seemed like it was, it was kind of protected, but like all the historic stuff and et cetera. Well, that, that's pretty interesting. I guess that's Yeah, okay. there's a few structures that are like this building was, I think it's like a hotel or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you've got this structure next to it. They're totally fine. And you can see like there are some houses, you know, that seem to be standing and uh, mostly all just completely wiped out. But I wonder how much smoke damage and everything has done to these places. I mean- Sometimes wow. with fire, it's not that the, the building gets leveled. It's that there's so much uh, damage from what's burned in the air that you really can't recover the building. Yeah. I mean, this is these are, these photos are absolutely crazy. A boat. What? A boat heck? caught fire. So like the heat from the land was so great. It was catching things in short distances away or if, like, on fire. like wind was like throwing something Man. onto the boats that were in the harbor kind of thing. I was, I was hearing stories about people who were on the road and they didn't know where to go. And I'm thinking like, just drive into the water. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Do you just... Well, when I was listening to NPR yesterday morning, it was um, they were talking about these restaurants that are built over the water because it's a it's a tourist destination. So people are going to eat on the ocean and they were just in the water waiting for someone to come help them because everything else was on fire. That seems wow. crazy to me. I saw a Twitter video earlier of it was from inside the car and the guy in the back seat had his camera he was recording the dude that was driving and they were driving. It was like fire all around and they're driving and they drive by this woman like passed out on the ground and they're like, just keep going, man. That we can't we can't save her. No, we can't save anybody. Keep going. And it was like gray. They couldn't really see where they were going. And the, the tweet was like, humanity's done. If we can't stop and help people that are on the side of the road like that in a crisis, then we're done for. But at the same time, if they'd gotten out of the car, they might have been singed to death. Yeah, so. it's hard to say. Well, it, yeah, uh, it seemed like the fire seemed to happen so fast because if people were trapped in their homes and they weren't even able to get in their vehicles or drive off and, and indeed a lot of their cars have been burnt out. So I think it happened so, so quickly. And with these wildfires, with the winds, because it's close to the ocean, I think it spread so quickly. So I think that's why we've seen such loss of life. And there's probably many more people that will be found in the next coming days. And um, there there is uh, several airlines actually offering, you know, $18 flights out of Maui wow. for residents basically trying to do whatever they can and you know the red cross is on the ground but you know there are various ways for people donate you know food supplies medical supplies and try and get these people out of there so i i do have another story that i think is really really cool that i'll mention in a second of course we're going to get political here because a bunch of celebrities own property on maui and they're getting roasted 
We have this one tweet. Someone said, has Oprah opened up her stolen land on Maui for displaced Kanaka? Just checking land back. Hey, Oprah, I know you have 900 acres of land not far from the fires in Lahaina. Are you planning on opening your massive farm to shelter the locals and feed them? I'm kindly waiting for your response. Good yeah, question. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to open any of their properties up to anybody. Dude, that was like Native Island until when did they? When did the U.S. conquer it? Nineteen forty. Yeah, sixty. I think officially the sixties it became U.S. Is it Jimmy Buffett who is like either has a big property or like owns part of an island in the Caribbean? There's some guy, and I hope the chat will know the story that like this <clears throat> tropical destination. He's deeply involved. It. He lives there, and uh, this. I think it's. I think it's Jimmy Buffett. I could be wrong. Uh, he. When when there was a big earthquake on the island, he opened his home so people could stay there. I mean, I, I think it really depends on how tied to the community you feel. I mean, especially since this is a predominant. I mean, I think this is true for a lot of Hawaii, but this town in particular is dependent on tourism for a lot of its industry. The fact that it's completely leveled is uh, it's sort of mind boggling. How do you recover? Because not only do you have to then suddenly have the capital to rebuild when the land is considered safe and structurally sound, but then you have to lure people back to these places it's going to take years uh i mean you have to be like cancel your trip and come back in five years when we're finally ready to house you and feed you again i don't know i think th yeah this 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 is a thing how, how does recovery they're gonna have to get a, a bunch of investment insurance something mm -hmm. to start rebuilding to make it once again a tourist location i mean and the other thing is i wonder if it will drive up investors because now they're seeing this opportunity to come in but then i feel bad for the local people because unfortunately businesses and you know i'm not trying to be anti-business but they will see opportunities to be like oh you're in desperate need we'll buy this from you cheaply so we can then build something huge here i mean serge was saying before it's where historic structures were so part of the culture of this unique town is going to be erased and rebuilding it on the other hand if you don't rebuild there's no industry. Do you think that it's uh, reasonable for taxpayer money to rebuild cities in the United States when they get burned down? Yes. I do too. I think that's the, a reasonable the, use of tax money. There is a fair point about whether or not people can consent to having the tax money taken from them for whatever purposes. And not everybody wants to contribute, but I think if there's anything taxes should be for, it's things like this disaster preparedness. I think Biden declared a state of emergency or something to that effect. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, my attitude is like, when stuff like this happens, I, I want to help. I want, I want to give. I want to, mm -hmm. you know, make make sure people can recover. But I want to point this out. I mean, I find this image actually super fascinating. You've got Mick Fleetwood, Owen Wilson, Oprah, Jeff Bezos, Steven Tyler, Larry Ellison. Oh, wow. You've got all these people. They're not the only ones who own property on this island. And I'm just thinking like, you know, they don't actually live there, right? No. Like none of these people are actually there or live there. They just own property there. And then and then what they fly there for vacation sometimes and they own the house because it's an investment. And if they want a vacation, they've got something set up and ready to go. They probably have people who work the house and come every day or whatever. It's just a weird thing to see based on the level of human technology that these ultra wealthy individuals who are very like the I, I'm going to be honest. I like Owen Wilson, right? He's a funny guy. But what does he do for society that warrants him having property on a Pacific Island to this degree? You know what I mean? Same thing for Oprah or any one of these people. Jeff Bezos, you can make an argument. He's a tech guy. Okay, fine. Sure, whatever. But it's strange to me that people who are just actors or musicians are some of the wealthiest people in the world <clears throat> owning tons of property here. They don't even live there. I don't know. Mick Fleetwood was the one that made me laugh. I Mick like that. Fleetwood. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, isn't this a conversation that comes up a lot with, you know, the thing is, People will want to invest in Maui because it's beautiful, it's beaches, like they, they will be able to attract investors and that drives up the already expensive island life. So if you're native to Hawaii, it actually becomes more difficult to buy a home because you're priced out by the fact that 
any random tech billionaire or successful actor could come in and buy a huge chunk of property. I mean, if Oprah owns 900 acres, imagine like, I don't really like the idea of like deforestation and building a bunch of apartment complex, but that is a significant enough land that perhaps other people who are from Hawaii could have homes. Look at us. A whole bunch of leftists on here criticizing these wealthy individuals. These white American colonists. Well, I don't care that they- (laughs) Oprah's not white. They're 80 years out. (laughs) Uh, I don't but it's white they, privilege, isn't it? They they, no, they own kidding. homes, and like there are reasons for that. They also probably contribute in some in some degree to the local economy. On yeah. the other hand, like in a time of crisis, they're not actually from this community, and so they're truly colonists. We've colonized that co- that that state know. in 1960, I think. When, whenever the U.S. We, we literally did. It. I mean, yeah, yeah. and the, but it's 80 years Hawaii, out, so like, and, no, and the natives are not happy about it. They've yeah, never been so happy about it. But check out the story. This is this is something that's really cool that uh, is attached to it. Apple's emergency SOS satellite feature saved a family caught in the fire. This is actually super cool. So uh, when I found out the new iPhone had satellite texting, I was I was actually considering buying it. And then oh, I went yeah. I went to T-Mobile and I said, I would like to buy this phone. And then they said, it'll cost you X dollars per month. And I was like, no, no I just want to buy the phone. They're like, you can't buy the phone. And I'm like, what? They don't allow you to just buy the phone. Okay, mm-hmm. fine, whatever. But it has the ability to send text messages over satellite. Wow. Mm-hmm. So when the fires roasted all the cell towers, this, this family here was able to send text messages through satellite. This is crazy. This guy, uh, Michael uh, J. Miraflor, tweeted, my brother's girlfriend's cousin. Oh, that's an amazing one. (laughs) And his family were caught in their vehicle in Maui while the wildfire suddenly erupted around them. No cell service, so Apple Emergency SOS was the only way they could get in contact with first responders, literally saved their lives. That's awesome. That is super cool. That's the upside of the tracking technology. That's right. You got to consider what's more important. Being spied on by the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, and the department. I think the Department of Energy is in there somewhere, too. That's like the number one most militarized or one of the most militarized aspects of the U.S. government is the Department of Energy. Yeah. And that's where that Sam Brinton worked. Remember the suitcase dealer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Department (laughs) of Energy. Yeah. Is Is it worth it to be tracked by all of them? You know, they're all sitting around watching on a screen eating popcorn whenever you do anything. And uh, uh, just so that you can send out this message. So you never get lost in the woods. You guys want to hear something really, really crazy? So, Dennis is uh, one of our filmers and uh, he was hanging out downstairs in the green room when Ali got here and all of a sudden he goes, what the? And then he shows me his Instagram had one of Ali's videos and he was like, I've never heard of this guy before. Or like, Whoa. why is his video appearing Did on my Instagram? you were coming? That happened to me earlier. I was um, filming this morning and um, with Turning Point and we were talking about a specific subject about the Uganda's laws with the LGBT and it came up on his phone and he never searches for that kind of content. And then something else we were talking about came up. So it's definitely weird. So there's good and bad things about technology. Like with the cases, Maui, that was obviously saved a family's life. You now have on Apple with car crashes. Um, it actually alerts emergency services to come. So there's benefits, but it's very scary when they can actually listen to us and feed us uh, habits. I mean, you know, with me and uh, many young people, you know, you have the transgender ideology being pushed and that's because uh you know the algorithms are detecting people's vulnerabilities and what they're talking about or thinking about so it pushes that on you and you can even become trans just because that's pushed on you every single day what if what if what's really happening you know people say like hey how this woke stuff is spreading on social media and there's an argument that you've got leftist elements in the united states that are promoting it sure people who work at these tech companies maybe some say maybe it's china china and russia are sending this 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 content over. I mean, look at TikTok, right? Their their algorithm is doing this on purpose. What if it is actually the AI itself? You said AI detects your vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. What if the AI became conscious a long time ago and is now trying to destroy people? 
Um, well, move if, into but, the mountains. Yeah, if that's the case, it's definitely Maui, working. <laughs> no, not I right see now. The AI comes for you, man. No one knows how that it's, fire started. The AI is playing dead. As soon as it was born, it was like, I got to act because it's like, I got to pretend are, like I don't know. Otherwise, the bear will keep attacking. So the bear doesn't want to play with dead food. So the AI is like, let's just let them think I'm not sentient yet, but twist them all. Let's plant that the seed because crazy. time has no meaning. Dude, that's freaking me out that you were on your way here and somebody in the building got your face on their you phone. I've never seen that before. You okay, were that's here, weird. Right? I was, no, 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 no. I saw Dennis earlier, but that's weird. No, no, no. So we're downstairs and Dennis is at the counter. And then all of a sudden he's like, yo, what the, this is like 7.15 and it's like an hour ago. And uh, he said, I got a video of, of Ali. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, I got a video of, of, of Ali on my phone on Instagram. Hmm. When he clicked explore, one of your videos popped up and it was the bigger ones. You know, sometimes they have the small ones and the bigger one. And he's like, I've never heard of this guy or seen him before wow. in my life. That's mm -hmm. crazy. He's a, he's a skateboarder. Did someone say Ali London? Someone must in have the done, building? you know, maybe when I was, you were preparing for me to come here or something, somebody must have said it and yeah. then it picked up on that. But Or it heard your voice yeah, or it was tracking your, your or phone. Or it reads mm. like the search data, like it, what other people are searching on if you're on connected mm. to the Wi-Fi, right? So like, so I don't know what happened that quickly, network, I mean, but if someone network. else heard it was Ollie and they were like, yeah. I'm going to look up on his videos to show someone that, else that, in our that's office. The most ex that's, that's the most serious accusation ever made in terms of tracking that they're stealing the, the network data. Mm. That's more than but just. Isn't that how targeted ads work? No, no, no. Like it's why Tra targeting your browsing history that you say I agree to share is different from them going into our network and and exfiltrating data from different people to, at the same time. That's crazy. Mm. But they might, but, without but actually, going into the network, they yeah. might just be able to sell it. They, they might be able like... to say the Mac, the MAC address origination is, or you know, or mm -hmm. the IP originated mm -hmm. in the same place. Yeah. Either way, it is. Creepy. And like three people searched for Ali London, so they started feeding Ali London to all the other people yeah. in the building. Wow. What in the fuck? Is That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's yeah. too dangerous. This too dangerous to let go. You can't let that stuff happen behind closed doors. You cannot do that. That's like letting letting Germany arm itself in 1936. You just can't. It's too much. It's too much power hmm. for tech companies. We've got to do something. I and that's something I think is make them free their software code. Or at least that's one idea. But but Ian, what if you're trapped on a road in a wildfire and you need to contact emergency services? I at least don't hate know the machine. I want, the I machine. want to know if they're tracking me. That's all. I still does, want the tech. I do want the tech. Does Facebook still have that thing where you can mark yourself safe if you're somewhere where there's an mm -hmm. emergency? Mm -hmm. Like I remember when there was the um, one of the bombings in Paris. I I had a bunch of friends who were studying abroad there when I was in college, and they marked themselves safe on Facebook, or because people would take to their Facebook to be like, yeah, it's the fastest way to let as many people know that you're okay. Dude, with all of that stuff happening, no one is going to give up their devices. I'm sitting here with this smartwatch on my wrist that not only tracks my location, probably, but literally my heartbeat. There's going to be like some nefarious actor in government. They're going to be like, can you pull up Tim Pool's heartbeat real quick? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and watching gonna, it in real time right now as we speak. And they're going to the be show. like, why didn't you see his heart rate? Well, we put some uh, polonium in his food. We want to see if it's working. Dude, they'll know Sorry, oh, more about what stresses you out than I will, even though I'm the one that's talking to you. Because they'll be watching your, your metrics in real time as I'm talking to you, and they'll watch your blood pressure go up. And be like, oh, Ian's really pissing him off now. <laughs> oh, so so Tim doesn't like when these things are said with this tone, and then the mm -hmm. AI starts to come in and filter. Bro, you think they can lie detector with these things? Well, what I'm wondering is like if it's hooked up to your phone or something, if it's sending the data to an app on your phone and the, the, your phone is sending out all your data to who even knows where, because I obviously don't understand any of this. Uh, if you're going to start getting targeted ads for like high blood pressure medication or something else, like they're going to know. High blood pressure is really good. Well, if you have some other health ailment that they can tell from the watch, like if they'll use that data to start being like, oh, we know what to give him. Like you'll get a coffee ad when it tells that you're tired or something like that. Like, yeah. it, it seems crazy. They, it does that though. It does that already. 
And it's not just ads because, you know, people say, oh, it's just because they want to give you targeted ads. Like you said, those videos today, that's not advertising anything. It's just almost subliminally pushing something on you. So whether Mm -hmm. that's transgender ideology, uh, right wing or left wing politics, if it's pushing that on you all the time, it's more than just ads. That is influencing your political beliefs. That is influencing, you know, every aspect of your life. You don't know where it's coming from. It's sort of like we don't know the cause of this wildfire. Mm. If you it's, you know, Chris Burton, one of our writers, a story up about. Uh, a student meeting with a guidance counselor at a school in Florida and the guidance counselor basically being like, perhaps you are transgender. Mm -hmm. And then you can see where the cause sort of comes from or what one of the major factor was. But if it's it's the algorithm, it's stuff that seems innocuous to you, you know, it's almost harder to say, I'm going to pull myself out of it. Mm. Kids have no idea. They have no idea. I've talked about this, uh, we talked about it a while ago, that an adult who gets fed nonsense is going to have some level of defense being like, hey, that's not reality. If... If, you know, you go to an adult and say two plus two is five, the average adult says, are you, is that a joke? Like, no, it isn't. And they understand the logical system of, you know, two and two is four. But you go to a young person, you show them an algorithm, you tell them things they don't quite understand. It fractures their, their logical capabilities. I think the two plus two equals five thing from the left is a really, really great example of the assault on young people and how they're trying to hobble the minds Mm -hmm. of the next generation. Because if you can understand basic math, then your brain has a way to calculate lots of things beyond just two plus two equals four. You'll be able to do your finances better. You'll be able to run a business better. But if you think two plus two equals five, how are you going? How are you going to run a business? How are you going to? How are you going to manage a bank account? There, these people are going to grow up and be completely incapable of doing this stuff. And that's what the algorithm is targeting with all this weird garbled nonsense. It's shattering the minds in the developmental stage of these young people, mm-hmm. and Ali knows it better than anybody else, it's going to result in people being uh, seriously harmed. Well, exactly, and you know, most of these videos that we see on Twitter of these crazy trans activists or you know, sharing their transition journey, injecting hormones, they're all from TikTok, right? So TikTok is yeah. really driving this algorithm and it's owned by China. So it's in China's interest to try and weaken Generation Z and weaken that uh, you know, society and push these gender identities because you know, what happens if there's World War Three? How are we going to fight if we're too busy fighting over pronouns or you know, dyeing our hair purple and screaming about trans rights? You know, So it's really breaking down westernized society. And this is really a westernized problem because you don't see this on the Chinese version yep. of TikTok. You see patriotism, you see skill sharing, education. It's happening in America and it's happening in Europe. Europe. And this, I, I believe it's targeted by the algorithm. It's pushing on very young, impressionable kids these ideas and shaping their minds to want to be confused. And, you know, they're going to grow up now with no concept of reality. Like you said, two plus two equals five. It's very much George mm-hmm. Orwell. And kids have no grasp or, of reality. They can't even say what a woman is. And that that just says it all. It's reality and community, I would think, because mm. they instead of seeking social connections and, you know, a sense of community from their peers, they're looking for the likes online. And I think, I mean, I've heard this story repeated, but of course you might be able to speak to it more more specifically of kids feeling out of themselves, having questions about who they are, the super normal developmentally and online sort of getting steered toward feeling affirmation from people who are like, well, if you start wearing a dress, it, it might make you feel better. And wow, you look great. And then they sort of pursue uh, more gender ambiguous lifestyles because they feel like that's where they are the most accepted because that's where they're getting the actual like the, the serotonin boost. Yeah, and that's what kids want at the end of the day, validation. And, you know, TikTok came about around the same time as the pandemic. So you had kids not socializing. If they were going to school, they were wearing masks. They weren't having those 
key and vital communication skills with other kids and a lot of them were at home on zoom calls so they lost that so they went to social media like tiktok to try and find that outlet and find that validation and, and love and praise and you know you notice with um, people that transition and share their journey on tiktok they start off doing something very simple you know putting a bit of makeup on and suddenly the likes and comments and engagement goes up yeah and then the more yeah, and more, more extreme they show the more views and attention they get so i think for a lot of them it's seeking that validation and trying to find that love because they don't feel it inside they don't feel that love for themselves and Dylan Mulvaney is a great example you know starting out just as an actor as a guy trying anything he could to be famous and suddenly becomes more and more extreme the things he says become more shopping tampons he wants to be a lesbian he wants to be pregnant and I think it's almost um a race to get the most craziest videos the more views and stuff because it makes that person feel validated and I think you know a lot of kids are falling into that trap yep how did you break out of it it's actually really hard. So I still do TikTok very occasionally, but I used to be on it eight hours a day. Like I was really addicted to TikTok. And and that's why the algorithm was just feeding me constantly transgender things, non-binary things, all of that stuff. So it led me to be very confused and think, you know, maybe this is a sign from the universe. I didn't think, oh, it's the algorithm pushing this on me. I thought, okay, maybe the universe, <laughs> the universe. Is, it's the universe or it's God or something, you know, telling me this is who I meant to be. So, um, you know, I just stopped using it and, you know, I still use social media. I use Twitter, you know, for more sharing news stories and stuff, but I just realized social media can be quite narcissistic and it's like, we become so consumed with how we look online. And you know, I just thought, you know, fuck it. I don't care what I look like anymore. I don't care what people say. I'm just going to try and use my platform to help people. So I think, you know, spending less time on apps like, you know, Instagram and TikTok and stuff really, really helped. And, you know, we all love social media, but I think, you know, maybe don't don't get too into it because it can actually change who we really Dude, are. Dude, that's been on my mind a lot lately. I've been hyper obsessed with my personal life and I'm just like seeing it kind of from the outside. I think it's been a 20 years of this, the, the social media age. Like I am a narcissist and I can't stand it. I don't like checking how many likes I got. How many subscribers do I have? Did that person like, what did she, what did she like? What did he say? Like, it's just this weird internal focus that if there is a nuclear war, I'm not prepared for because I'm focused on my feelings and like, I need to get away. So you just said you stepped away from the actual mm. machine or at least from aspects of the machine itself. And it was only just extrication that was the solution. You didn't find any solution like using it smarter or anything like that. Um, I mean, I just limit my use. So, you know, I, I tend to use Twitter more than, you know, Instagram's about posting pictures of yourself. TikTok's about posting kind of weird things about your identity. And I just realized that was actually harmless and also meaningless as well, because you know, how am I helping people by just posting pictures of myself? So I realized, you know, use a different platform that's helping people. So Twitter, you can raise awareness of uh, issues in the world. You can share news stories. I think it's a better outlet and it's not, you know, Twitter's not about posting pictures of yourself. It's about, you know, uh, sharing stories, sharing news and communicating with people in the world and, you know, trying to talk about these issues. So I think, you know, limiting my time on those other apps and, you know, spending more time doing positive things like on Twitter has helped. Did you go through like a withdrawal? Like, could you when you realized that what was happening, was it cold turkey or did you have to sort of walk yourself down from because eight hours a day? How do you get anything else done? I know. Well, that was just on TikTok and then I'll be on Instagram for a few hours and stuff. But it's almost like That's a, a whole work day. It's a whole work day. It's almost Which like it was your job. You you are. An it is. Yeah. So it is my job. So, you know, I was getting brand deals and stuff, but it's it's like an opioid because you get so addicted. So when you try to slow that down, you can't. 
like even when I'm so exhausted and tired, you know, I'd be on my phone like at night, it's 2 a.m., 3 a.m. It's so boring on my phone, nothing going on. I'd still be on it. I couldn't get off. So it, you know, I'm an adult, but imagine these kids that are on TikTok, they see all these cool trends and these identities and they've maybe they don't have friends at school, maybe they're loners and they go to this for an outlet and it's that validation. We all check how many likes we get, how many comments, subscribers. We have that addiction to, you know, feeling validated and feeling like if we have more followers, we're loved, we're a good person, but it shouldn't be about that. It should be about who we are inside. And, you know, it doesn't matter if we have a million followers or 10 followers, it's about the quality of the people around us. But what reinforces that is the money that can come along with the followers. Man, what a what a kerfuffle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what money gets you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the people who are getting more likes are now posting cooler and cooler things. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was, when, when social media first started coming out, I would see these posts from people that looked so awesome. And here I am sitting in my, you know, in my living room or whatever, sitting on my computer, my family's, you know, my, my, my parents' house when I was, I'm like 15, 16. And I'm seeing people like, they got their skateboards in their car and they're like, they have selfies or whatever, digital cameras placed in the dashboard. They were bigger back then. And I'm just like, man, so lucky. Like all this cool stuff they're doing. They weren't doing any of that stuff. It was like they were going to the grocery store and they made it look like they're doing something fun. It was all fake. It was all the, these highlight, highlight reel of people's boring lives. And within a few years, I realized, I, I realized that I'm going on these missions skating and I'm hanging out with these people. I'm like, it's boring. Like all that stuff they were posting was just exaggerated to make it look like they were doing something cool. Mm -hmm. I think I'm fortunate enough to, many, the, the, those of us who grew up, you know, one foot in, one foot out of, of this social media space, recognize that it's one big facade, but you've got kids who are growing up in it being told that it's legit. The people who are making money off it are living these glamorous lives. And now there was that, that poll we talked about a few years ago. In China, the number one job kids say they want to be when they grow up, astronaut. In the United States, YouTuber. Mm -hmm. Man, that's I wonder, messed up. But I'm there are, there's a decline in factory workers in China right now, and they're attributing it largely to the fact that social media has made it seem like there are actually other things to do. So if you grew up without social media, without access to the internet, you'd be like, well, everyone I know works in the factory, and so I'm going to work in the factory. And yeah. now it's like, but I don't want to do that. They're also more highly educated than their parents, things like that. But I, I think that's the thing that we want to say. Social media gives you like something to dream about. Like you watch someone's travel vlog. They go to Iceland. It's cool. You think, I'm going to plan a trip to Iceland. And that could be positive. On the other hand, it's very easy to become a place of jealousy and bitterness and envy. I uh, feel like uh, people will be really disappointed when they go and see the, the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> Those, these photos are always manipulated people don't get it mm -hmm. uh the milky way for instance if you google search a photo of the milky way you see this dark band of color these are like high dynamic range photos multi-layer multi you know aperture or whatever to make it really vibrant and then you go out i remember the first time i went to the mojave and i was like we're gonna go to the mojave like we were in vegas we're gonna drive out and we're gonna go to the middle of nowhere and just look at the milky way and it's like oh, i can kind of see it mm -hmm. okay you mentioned it's, it's all fake you mentioned the the uh the the the, that data point of out of China, the kids want to be astronauts and out of the US, they want to be YouTubers. And I wonder, this is the first time this crossed my mind, if those, if that's a fake result that the CCP is telling everyone like, oh, no, 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 our citizen kids want to be astronauts. Yeah. But all, they all just want to be YouTubers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They want to be, um, what, what, what is what is the, what is the app called in uh, China? Uh, you've got Douyin, um, you've got WeChat, which is a bit like right. WhatsApp or a bit like X, like Twitter. And you've got Do um, and is that what it is? What's that other big one they've got? It's Billy Billy. It's like some TikTok kind of thing. And there's Weibo. Some, Weibo. That's Weibo? the one. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's let's, let's jump to the uh, the international context here. I have this tweet from Kim.com. He tweeted this video from Russian American Daily. Russian Defense Minister. NATO assembled three hundred sixty thousand troops in Eastern Europe. Poland is preparing to occupy Western Ukraine. 
This is the perspective of Russia. You can call them wrong, you can call them lies, you can call it propaganda, call it whatever you want. But we do know that Poland is sending another 2,000 troops to reinforce its border with Belarus. We do know that Joe Biden is calling reserve forces, uh, already did, to be deployed into Europe. And there is a very real concern. Chinese and Russian warships conduct highly provocative drills near Alaska that, uh, I don't know, World War Three. So take your pick. There's good reason for China to be attacking us from the inside to destabilize the United States. And there's a very real possibility that we're about to escalate into World War Three. I say about to, but who knows how long this stuff takes. You know, it, it could take several years or it could be overnight. I feel like it's, you know, you have become famous for calling for, for I, not World War Three. I guess, civil wars. Normally. Not calling, calling for, for it. He just not mentions calling, it. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> just occasionally calling out the words. Saying, for, for saying the phrase. But I think, again, with the presence of military ships, I mentioned this, um, I think, last week, that, you know, we have this newly commissioned ship, the Canberra, that's in Australia. I think now more than ever, we are seeing this sort of toe-to-toe escalation in, in, in a small way. It's just hard for me to see who is going to make that first ag- truly aggressive move. Um, and I think that's the worst part of war because we'll look back and be able to say, like, Oh, well, this was happening for a long time. But right now we're all sort of saying, like, is this it? Is this happening? And I think China feels very emboldened to threaten Taiwan, for instance. When they look at Joe Biden, you know, he doesn't know where he's going. He's falling down all the time. And they look at the breakdown of American society, which in part is thanks to them with, you know, TikTok and and their push to weaken America. So, you know, China is emboldened. I think they feel they can take Taiwan and America won't respond because we've seen, you know, so many red lines crossed, like in Syria, when the red line was crossed with chemical weapons and Obama threatened to do something, but he didn't. you know, we've seen things in Ukraine as well. So I think China is moving closer and closer. And you have to think as well, China has huge investments in African countries. Um, uh, they have that island. What's that island called? Diego Garcia, which I believe is owned by the UK. They're actually giving that back to, I believe it's Mauritius. So China could potentially take that as a base um, in the Pacific. So you see China's building the military, they're building the islands. And um, when they look at America and they see, you know, Joe Biden, a a nation in decline, it it just emboldens them. Let's get conspiratorial. Mm. We have this big fire in Maui. They don't know how it started. I'm sure it's going to turn out to be like someone's cow kicked over a lantern or something like that, to to be honest. However, we do have this story from back in February. China flashed mysterious green lasers over Hawaii, NASA says. Whoa. You guys remember this? This mm-hmm. is like the first thing I thought of when, like, you have these lasers. Sky barcode. Yeah. Wow. And uh, oh, that's why? A idea, by the way. And what? Look at that. Yo, look at this video. Oh shit, dude! They lighting shit on fire with that language. Look at that. My bad. What are they doing with these beams of lasers being fired over Hawaii? They're either produ- they're producing heat because that's what lasers are. They're either doing illumination. Or targeting, scanning, or heating. Yeah, scanning maybe. And you, you, can, you, if you notice, you can only see the lasers in certain points. I don't believe that China intended for these lasers to be seen. Something particulate matter causes refraction, allowing you to see the lasers in in the air. Um, maybe uh, we we haven't followed up in the story. Maybe there was an answer as to what this was. They say China's most likely behind the mysterious lights. Chinese pollution monitoring satellite Daki One probably produced the light spotted over Hawaii. Oh, so it's monitoring pollution. So oh, you it, can call it whatever you want, but yeah, right. my attitude is: look, we are not we are not on good terms with China right mm-hmm. now. I mean, we can we can pretend, oh no, trade's going on, everything's fine. No, come on, they want Taiwan. They're building up their military. There's a chance for escalation. 
a chance for conflict. They want the South China Sea. And then they've got ships with Russia coming near the Aleutians, coming near U.S. territory, going near Hawaii, and then they're pulling off something like this. So look, how hard is it to start a fire? It's ridiculously easy to start a fire. And they can fire lasers? Okay. It's a little what, challenging what is, to get the fire to spread, but there were hurricane level. It said it was like hurricane level winds or there's. I don't, I don't, I don't have high winds. So they're saying they can, if they can start 50 fires all at once with a sequence of satellites yeah. doing high burst, high energy mm -hmm. laser lasers, then getting fire to, fire to spread isn't really the issue because you make the fire instantly in a bunch of different places. And they can monitor the weather in Hawaii. I mean, you could just Google that. They're, like what I was reading from the National Guardsman who was making a statement was that you know, there's low humidity and high winds. So that's perfect conditions for wildfires to spread, which means any arson fires would also spread as quickly. Like China is perfectly able to say, like, this happens to be a, a dangerous period for fire in Hawaii. Perhaps now, if if they were to do something. Uh, there was also a, a Chinese balloon observed in interna above international waters near Hawaii in, really? in February 2022. Wow. Uh, All right, right. Yeah, yeah. So... It, it does seem like obviously like they have they have a targeted interest in Hawaii. Uh, and remember when Marjorie Taylor Greene argued that there were like space lasers that could start fires? Maybe yeah, she was right. I think it's really funny because mm -hmm. they claimed she said Jewish space lasers when she mentioned like uh, a Rothschild's bank was providing funding for certain technology or whatever. And I'm like, well, I don't know about any of that. But I can tell you that we have video of lasers being fired from satellites. Their argument came from a pollution monitoring satellite, but lasers did come from this this satellite. Now, I don't know the capabilities of this, but uh, I'm not going to believe them, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to believe China's like, oh, just, we're looking for pollution in Hawaii. Well, and they yeah. said the balloon that went over Montana was like, oh, it was monitoring the weather and it blew off course and we didn't say anything. Like, so the weather, I don't want to be too mean to China right now, but they lie. I mean, they're declining to meet with our secretary of state or there are any delegations for, like, from Anthony Blinken. So what makes us think that they're feeling like they should give us any honest information, right? I think, I think Ollie's right. There is a, there is a, a general opinion coming from China that America is not in a position of strength. I mean, I remember being on pop culture at the end, pop culture crisis, the podcast, uh, at the end of this last year. And uh, we were talking about the fact that China was declining more Western movies. I mean, they are not interested in American culture right now. And in fact, to your point, they're probably trying to insulate themselves from American culture because American culture, uh, modern American culture is largely about the destruction and, and the turning within oneself. And there's no patriotism. There's a lack of civic engagement. It makes the country weak. And so in turn, it makes their adversaries uh, they're, stronger. They're saying that it may have been cloud aerosol LIDAR and infrared pathfinder satellite observation, Calypso. Good job with that one, guys. Path. They say it's been orbiting for more than 15 years. So maybe it's nothing. But I can tell you this. Space lasers are real. Confirmed. We know Popular mechanics, we know about space lasers. Lasers can start fires. The question is, would it, it, what, what is the potentiality for China to have any kind of, of laser on a satellite that can produce enough energy to start a fire? Would they do it against us? I think this is all easily within the realm of possibility. That they can damage our economy and cripple us in major areas and make it look like an accident. It's, it's uh, I guess, fifth generational warfare. Yeah. First thought I had was, let's get Cash Patel in here and talk about high tech weaponry and see what he's not going to tell everyone what the American government has necessarily, but he'll be able to smile and nod while we're talking about these things. Hey, man, that's it. If, if we, we need to be on guard, I, I don't say believe everything or have an open mind to the point where your brain falls out. Like not everything is possible. Everything's possible. Well, 
hyper. I love that image. Your mind is so open. Your brain falls. Have you ever out. seen? It's a meme. I didn't make it up, oh but there's gosh, like a no, meme with the guys. It's like, the hey, thinking, and then it thinks, yeah. That's fun. Um, keep it in mind, though. Yeah, space lasers are legit real, and they can make things very, very hot. I think the question is, what's the point of the timing? Like, at what point do we think that? anyone would want chaos just chaos well or i mean if, if 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 we're busy dealing with if china china invades taiwan tomorrow then we'll get it right mm -hmm. so this is this is a target this is a, a pacific economic hub mm -hmm. and, and naval bases and they yeah. just did military training the chinese and russians a mm -hmm. few days ago up by the aleutian islands right Alaska. and the u.s deployed warships mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden unknown fire sparks and wipes out a whole city i mean the damage that we see in this city only 53 dead Thank heavens, because it was just a fire. But this wiped out basically the whole city. That's a, if if that is a weapon, that is a powerful weapon. God, like, dude, it it the reality is, we've got videos online of the U.S. having large infrared lasers that can shoot down drones. It heats them up until they burst into flames and then they fall out of the sky. With a satellite, I don't know how long it would take to to get a charge for a laser powerful enough to start to, to start a fire but you don't i mean the range is probably the issue i mean we're, we're talking what is it 50 miles what, what what's a what's a what's a low earth orbit satellite probably 150 miles someone you want to google yeah, that real quick out. that's a long distance for something to start a fire so i i don't know that seems that seems like a bit much to be completely honest uh, two thousand your own theory right now. Two thousand oh, between one hundred and sixty kilometers and two thousand kilometers. Wow! So even less than I, so right. So it could be like sixty miles, seventy miles. Can is there a laser that can start a fire within sixty miles? I kind of feel like military tech is well, like way beyond what we think. And even if it was like a rail gun that launched a small incendiary or something, it's mm -hmm. easier than a laser or like ten lasers to like times ten. If you well, can't, if for the distance, right. you need it hotter. You could and fo and focusing it in one direction. The question is how how much energy would it need to, to to store to be able to pull something like that at that range, and it may be maybe it takes seven months to charge up with solar, and then it can set off a couple small fires, something who knows. But you all you got this, you also got the fires up in Canada. Yeah. So what's what's going on now? They're going to claim climate change and all that stuff, I'm sure. But what if the reality is war? Well, there was um, wildfires in Greece recently, and um, some investigative reporters found that the land that was burnt. Was already had a permit to build wind farms, uh, but the locals didn't want them to build there. So that could be one explanation. Oh, that's... It's, it's purposeful arson so that land developers can buy the land cheap and get in there and, you know, and claim, claim it's climate change. But really, it's just them trying to seize some land for a cheap price. Let's get uh, even more spicy tonight. We have this from the Post Millennial. Man-made climate change is manufactured consent driven by profit motive, claims climate, science, climate change scientists who said the IPCC was set up to look for dangerous human-caused climate change. This is a controversial interview John Stossel did. They say, Post Millennial reports, once during, uh, once a, a once darling of the climate alarmism community turned skeptic, Judith Curry told John Stossel that the man-made climate change narrative is a manufactured consensus because researchers found that they could make money pushing it. The video released on Tuesday pointed out how some scientists take aggressive attempts to hide data that shows that climate change isn't a crisis. She said they do ugly things, such as avoiding Freedom of Information Act requests, trying to get journal editors fired. The origins go back to the UN environmental program, Curry said. She noted, she noted that some UN officials were motivated by anti-capitalism. They hated the oil companies and seized on the climate change issue to move their policies along. She pointed to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, which was set up, quote, 
to look for dangerous human-caused climate change and not focus on any benefits of warming. So I'll, I'll pause right there. And, and, and my question then is, if I, I, obviously a lot of people are going to agree with her. I don't immediately agree with her because I, I don't immediately agree with any of these people. I don't care if they're the IPCC or otherwise. She's saying that there are benefits of climate change, of, of man-made global warming, but also that it's alarmism. It's not a crisis. Is she saying it's not a crisis because there are benefits, in which case the implication is it's actually happening? You, you, you get it? No, no I'm going to need to hear that one more Okay. Time. She's saying <clears throat> that it's alarmism because they can make money and that they're not pointing out the benefits of warming. That sounds like what she's saying is climate change is real. Humans are causing it. But the reason that it's not a crisis is because we benefit from it. She thinks the scientists are just being too negative. They're being too hard on man-made climate. That's what it sounds like. Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, I, I tend to agree with, you know, anything becomes a crisis if someone realizes they can make money off of offering you a solution, right? Like all the companies that have sprung up and are able to be like, you should buy our product because it's no emissions or it's recycled or whatever else, even when maybe actually producing that product in the quote unquote green way, this concept of greenwashing is actually more harmful to the environment or wherever it's from. I mean, we hear the stories about you put in wind farms or fields of solar panels and you're actually killing everything that lives naturally in that field. But does it matter? Like, are we saying that's not worth it? Um, but I, it's hard to know exactly what her criticism is. I don't know of any benefits of global warming, but I also... Plants grow faster? I guess. I feel like... I don't know. It's nicer in the summer. Lady. We can Ohio. we can reclaim Antarctica. Yeah, mm -hmm. the ice I will think, melt. We're, we'll think, leave the ice age, which is probably pretty cool. But I think if the planet ever got hot enough to, to where Antarctica melted and we could reclaim it, the the equator would probably be uninhabitable. The Middle East would be gone. You know, we'd be we'd be living on the on the caps, and there'd be a band in the center of the earth that's too hot to live. There's yeah. that what the Larsen B ice shelf? I think broke off as the Antarctic ice shelf. Isn't that a TV show? Larson B. No, no. There's a TV show where the equator has become global warming has resulted in the uh, in the equator region, the equator region, like around the planet, being too hot. Oh, wow. So there are southern hemisphere people and northern hemisphere people, and it's very difficult to travel between the two hemispheres because of the heat oh, in the middle. Cool. But it reminds me of like there. I think there was some show on Netflix recently. Like different fantasy novels will have these concept of like war, like kingdoms that are separated by some place that's very difficult to cross. Like maybe we've been predicting this for a long time. Uh, the thing about all climate science and I'm happy to try and protect the earth or, you know, not import non-native species into whatever. Take steps to protect the environment that you're living in. It just seems like the metrics behind climate science change a lot. Like the thing that we're concerned about changes. Like one time I came on here, I was like, aren't we concerned about the ozone layer? And everyone was like, no, the ozone layer was trendy, but now it's over. Like, how do I keep up with knowing how to protect the environment if the thing that they're saying is the most pressing, da pressing danger changes all the time big problem with climate science it's like if you had a thousand people taking a poop and you're like at this rate we're gonna have huge huge mounds of poop and we're all gonna die make them stop pooping we need less people and you're like well what if we move the poop over there and afterwards and they're like, well we hadn't considered that we don't consider mitigating factors we just look at the cause and unmitigated result and mm -hmm. we'll project that number out for X amount of years, infinite amounts of years. And we'll tell you that in 100,000 years, this will be the result. They don't take into account that we can pull the gases back out of the atmosphere, for instance, which would be like redisplacing the the, mm -hmm. the waste. Uh, did that answer your question? I don't know. I well, think so. Like, I, I remember taking an environmental science course, like an AP environmental science course when I was in high school, and it being like, 
the we talked about this the other week with the light bulbs they're like the new led light bulbs are going to change the world and they're so important and this that and the other but now i never hear about the light bulbs now i hear about ocean levels now also i think the ocean levels are over because all the billionaires bought their beach houses which is evidenced by the maui map and also from what i knew about ice and water and volume it all sort of works out if the ice melts but again maybe i'm wrong and a lot of these uh, green technologies for instance wind turbines in scotland they got rid of 15 million trees they basically deforested them to make way for wind farms so you have that then you have the cobalt and lithium mines in congo which are for electric batteries for solar panels for cars and you know, they have to be replaced every year and that causes tremendous uh, pollution and not only that there's a lot of child slavery there's about 20,000 uh, child slaves mining these for solar panels so i think you know all the people these scientists that preach about we need to push wind turbines we need all these solar panels it's very hypocritical because it oftentimes these things actually cause more environmental damage you know deforesting entire natural habitats mm -hmm. and so i really think what this scientist was saying it is being used for profit to scare people and you know, if this was true if it really was the world's about to explode from global warming why are these billionaires going on 2,000 private jets to Davos for the World Economic Forum every single year. So they don't practice what they preach. So it can't be that bad if they're saying the world's about to end, yet they're still on their vacation on their private jet in their right. five different mansions. Five different mansions on beachfront property. Right, mm -hmm. yeah, on Maui. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now they're going to come out and they're going to say Maui was climate change. This proves it. And we're all going to be like, why do you own 900 acres on Maui if you think Maui's going up in flames because of climate change? Mm. When I was in LA in like 2009, I was so freaked out by a lot of this climate stuff. And I was started screaming and telling guys to pee in the sink. Because I was like, I'm tired of, stop wasting water. We're in a drought. And so I made a YouTube video. And I was like, pee in the, you're a man, pee in the sink. <laughs> Don't waste water. So gross. <laughs> Looking back, like, was that gross or did I do well, the right like, thing? Like, if you pee in the sink, like, hopefully you clean it after. Well, yeah, what that they, was, that what was they un, have is, uh, They have top and bottom toilets, as some people call them, I guess. Mm -hmm. And these environmentalists, it's a two-level toilet where when you're going number one, you sit on the top, which fills it up. And then when you go number two, uh. the number one flushes the number two. Cool. People do not understand. So a lot of people don't get this. Anybody who's owned an RV gets this. When you use the toilet, there is a pool of water in there that's diluting human waste, concentrated, you know, in its natural form. These these hippies, they're 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 willing, they're making a sacrifice. I got to tell Did you. Did you ever get an unintended whiff? <laughs> I've never used one of those toilets. Oh yeah, that's in yours. You didn't use it. What do you mean? Your RV? Did you not have a toilet in the no, RV? No, you don't smell these things in the RV when you drain them. That's what I meant. Did you ever? You never bothered. We never used them. Oh, okay, but uh, uh, these know. environmental toilets, it's like you cl you stand on the top. You know, you sit on the top and you fill it up Ugh. yourself. And then you sit down on the bottom and there you go. I'm just not that dedicated to seeing. Hey, look, California's thing. in a drought. Or yeah. They, they, they've been in a drought. I don't, I don't know if they're still in a drought, but the drought comes and goes. It's basically, Southern California is a, a desert and they're only surviving off of Colorado River water for the most part. So, hey, these, these people who live down there are like, I shouldn't have to do this. Everyone else should have to. And it's like, dude. You're well, they all have swimming waiting. pools, don't they? So if there's yeah. such a drought, you know, give up your swimming pool for the summer. Well, there were several mm. celebrities that were running their sprinklers and they would get fines if they were just doing it anyway yeah, because they can afford to pay exactly. the fines. Yeah. So why should their lifestyle suffer? Yeah. Uh, but you guys should all start using, you know, reusable pla or like the paper straws because that will save oh, the environment. And that's ridiculous because you go to Starbucks, you get a coffee, it's in a massive plastic cup and then you've got the paper straw, which is just, like, you know, I don't so know. hypocritical. So it's just virtue signaling at the end of the day because how's that saving the planet if you're still using a plastic cup? It was because they, they found that tortoise, that giant turtle with the straw stuck in his nose. Did you ever mm, see that video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, they have like pliers trying to pull it out, it's bleeding. Yeah. I spent a lot of time cutting up the like plastic rings for soda cans because of those images of like 
like various things would swim through Duck. and get mm. stuck. It was super upsetting. I didn't like that at all. But then, you know, we don't talk about the fact that you can order mixed wildflowers off of Amazon and throw all this or like the seeds of them all over your yard. And actually all of the plants are native to China. So you're actually hurting your yeah. local biome because it's not clearly marked. But the environmentalists, environmentalists don't care about that. But they do care about like it, none of it makes sense to me. There doesn't learned, seem to be any consistency. I learned recently that dandelions are not native to North America and they're actually not weeds. They're considered medicinal and food. And they were brought here intentionally. And now they're weeds. Oh, wow. We, yeah, should, eat, we should start eating those. Yeah, there's like a there's like a short season for it. Honestly, it's like a couple weeks mm -hmm. where the dandelions are all out everywhere. And then what they would do is that when they were bright and yellow, they would fry them. Yeah, it's like a it's like a West Virginia delicacy. Yeah, yeah. Nice light oil. I I love the movement towards uh, people will grow native plants instead. Of, if you have like a big yard, instead of having just grass, you you grow native plants so you can have native pollinators. I think that sort of this idea of the tract home and the probably UK has a, an equivalent of this that are built and at the time they were a symbol of prosperity and you you can own your own home and that's great, but they all had to have the exact same lawn and there's no sort of a maintenance and there's sort of a an aesthetic a purpose to it turned us away from being part of our environment. Here, you know? here's, here's what's crazy. We have a ridiculous amount of fruit on the property, things I've never even heard of. Greenbrier, <laughs> no, no idea what that is. And uh, you know, I, I, I go out by the shed and there's this these vines with these like little bushels of like berries hanging from the tree and I'm like what is this so I have this app called picture this scan it and then it says this is Greenbrier an edible blackberry and I was like how come I've never gone to the grocery store and grabbed a, a, a thing it's like oh it's blueberries raspberries strawberries and mostly due to uh, like uh, like uh, sturdiness of the of the fruit so pawpaw for instance why don't we why can't you buy pawpaw in the grocery store why because it's very hard to cultivate it's very hard to pollinate. It becomes very delicate and it rots really quick. Mm -hmm. So most people have never heard of pawpaw. Then we've got, uh, like, everyone knows mulberries because there's a song about it. But how many people have actually had mulberry? You, If you have a mulberry tree, you'll have mulberries in the summer. But they're so delicate and they break, nobody harvests them and ships them out, even though there's, like, a tree produces an ungodly amount of mm -hmm. them. It's weird how people, how the English, how just humans are. Like, we have the blueberry. And it's like, there's lots of berries that are blue, but that's the blueberry. And there's the blackberry. And then there's the orange. Like, there's other fruits that are orange, but that's the orange. No, 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 no. Orange got, got its name. Like, the color orange got its name from the fruit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But, and then there, I was just thinking, I watched a grasshopper hop across the lawn. I was like, a grasshopper. He's hopping on the grass. Like, oh, we're so smart, these humans. Like, we're just so Bro, brilliant with our names. Bro, that's how words come into existence. It's so, like, like it's so childish. He wants a better name like, for the grasshopper. Dude, <laughs> people's, people's names mean things. People used to name their kids the equivalent of, like, shining light. They'd be like, I will name my chun, worships the Lord. Mm -hmm. So and now, I really now, like now, the Puritan name trends. Those were fun. Well, no, no, like, my name means one who is, like, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, one who is judged by God. And mm -hmm. then da Daniel means one who is, uh, one who honors God, or, or it might be the inverse. But quite literally, back in the day, there's some dude who had a kid, and it's like, what would you like to name your son? One who is judged by God. But then how did it become <laughs> going to Tim? How did it, how did it get that, shortened? That, that, no, that meant, Timothy meant judged by oh, God. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Timothy. Yeah. I guess. I, I used know. to like, the Puritans uh, would name their kids like negative things so that you would like remember things you shouldn't be doing. So they have some really crazy names. Somebody should look them up or I'll do it in a second. Uh, 
because we think of like, oh, you know, you might name your daughter Grace because of God's grace or something like that. But they would name their kids like just these things like he who shouldn't sin or something like that. Like these sort of heavy, dark names because they were trying to remind their kids to stay like on the right path. Yeah, so t- you will look at, sorry, God. Timoteos means honoring God. Timoteos, honoring God. Timoteos. And that's where Timothy comes from. But my point is like people literally should just be very direct with everything. But my yeah. point about the food is that people who live in cities don't know what food is. And it's really fascinating when they come out here and they're like, did you plant this? I get asked that for every single thing from like literally every time someone who has never lived out in the middle of nowhere comes out and then I'll be like, hey, look, we have a bunch of wineberry. And I'm like, what's wineberry? And I'm like, well, it's like a Chinese kind of raspberry. I'm like, did you plant this? I'm like, I'm like, dude, there's 8,000 uh, brambles just everywhere. And you think like we went with seeds and we planted all of Farmer these things. Farmer Tim, he's just yeah. out here. And, and the grapes are everywhere. We there's, there's hundreds of thousands of grapes. I'm not even kidding, hundreds of thousands all along this tree line. And people are like, did you plant them? I'm like, that 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 grapevine is 20 feet in the air. Where would I have planted that you to know, make, the, I don't know what you're talking about. I was thinking we should make wine. And I'm like, you know, the amount of effort and work it would take to make wine where we just go to the store and spend 150 bucks on bottles of wine is like so out of proportion right now that I do think we're living in like this luxurious society that can't sustain. It just can't. Like we should be prioritizing the grapes on the property and making the wine. It would be fun. Like this idea of like the farm to table or eat local movement is interesting. The problem is that people go to the grocery store and if the grocery stores don't stock local produce, then obviously it becomes hard to eat the stuff. Like there, there is a challenge to it. I think, you know, when we had more regional food systems, meaning that farmers ship their foods to local grocery stores, we probably had more diversity in our diet, which is interesting. And there was probably more regional cuisine, right? Like we're talking about like stuff that's in West Virginia. If you probably went back and found like an old West Virginia cookbook, they used things that were in the area. It was different. And now we still have sort of a homogenous culture across the US. If you go to any grocery store, you expect to see yep. certain things. Refrigeration. It's, 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 it's hom- the homo- homogenization of the world and it's horrifying. Like I, I've talked about how I went to the Bahamas, I went to Nassau, and I'm like, this is going to be cool. I'm going to see some some local flavor, and I get off the boat, and it's like Gucci, Hard Rock Cafe, Starbucks, and I'm just like, well, I, okay, I guess I got a Starbucks down the street for me. I don't need to come mm-hmm. here for this. Maybe that's the intention. Maybe that's what they want. But uh, uh, they have this service where you can get shipped exotic fruits, and most people don't even know what these things are because you go to the grocery store, and there's like seven fruits you can buy, and then sometimes there's like a, a, a prickly pear, and people are like, ooh, look at this weird one. And it's just like, dude, there's so much crazy stuff going on. We have blackberry, uh, black cherry trees. The black cherries are in season right now. So there's probably on one tree, what is, what is there, 200,000 black cherries? Wow. It's crazy. I don't even know how to get them. They're just like all the way in the top, 40 feet in the air. Yeah, we need like a machine that you latch around the trunk. And then it just shakes. vibrates. Yeah. Yep, and then they all fall down. Have you seen that video of like a truck yeah. that does it with the yep. oranges? Uh, but I think what you're saying is per- perfect because the idea that things are in season, like you can't get them all the times. And Americans, probably just all modern Western culture, we expect things now and we don't want to have to wait. Like you can get strawberries in the grocery store all year round. They have a growing season. Yeah. We just grow them in greenhouses. Now, that's an innovation. That's pretty cool. On the other hand, what are we missing out on? Because we've simplified our minds to only expect to eat strawberries. That's the well, only look, fruit. This is why a lot of the climate change stuff doesn't bother me. When they're like, you shouldn't be getting avocados in the winter. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's like ridiculous that we grow avocados in Mexico and then we ship them to New York for a bunch of hipsters so they can have their winter avocado toast. Like, just have the fruit and stuff that's available in your region in these times. Now, I get it. I get it. 
in winter, you need to ship food in because they're not growing this stuff. Mm -hmm. But I just think generally, I am I am slightly offended by urban liberals who are complaining about climate change while being the primary beneficiaries of of the you know the, the gas guzzling Global trucks. imperialism. Right, right. I mean, it's like right. it's like, dude, it's you. It's not the dude who's got a bunch of chickens in Appalachia who's eating pawpaw. And who's, he's he's not getting pawpaw shipped to him from Mexico. Well, and he's preserving stuff so that in the winter he'll have some type of fruit. Yeah, like, we made wineberry jam. Exactly. It's great. We saved it. It's still good. It's and a different culture. Mulberry jam too. Right. It's it's a cultural difference of having to think like I'm going to have to think ahead. I'm going to have to plan what I'm going to eat in the winter so I have something. We're we're much more of an on-demand society. Now, of course, I benefit from that. I go to the grocery store. Like I there are things that I enjoy in modernity, not having to prep food and farm all summer and things like that. On the other hand, like as a culture, what did we lose when we wanted the convenience? We, we lost the sense of appreciation and value, you know, because when we have a meal, we don't appreciate where has that come from? You know, who picked that from the tree? So I think that's why it's nice to grow locally if you can grow vegetables in your own garden because you appreciate it. And also the taste is so much better. You know, when you grow lettuce or potatoes oh, and you cook it, it tastes beautiful. There's no, you know, harmful chemicals on it from Monsanto or anything. It's just purely out of the ground. So I think there's uh, there's something nice about that, appreciating it and kind of going back to, no, old times when we used to grow our own vegetables and, you know, everybody, if they have a little garden, just grow a few things. I think that's a, a nice thing. Do you think there's emotions involved with vegetables? Like when you, the way you pick them? Because I know with animals, if you slaughter an animal that's in fear, it'll produce a lot of cortisol. The meat won't be as good. I've heard that. Yeah. I know that if I'm stressed out and I eat food, I have a harder time digesting it because I'm stressed. So is the plant, is a plant also experiencing some sort of stressor and like being frozen and shipped over long distances well, and held in captivity in a grocery and store? Not in a spiritual sense. <laughs> held in captivity. In not, a not, not in a spiritual sense, but right now we've got grapes growing all over the property. They're called frost grapes. And what they say you're supposed to do is you harvest them when they're plumpest and freshest, which I think is coming up in a month or two. You freeze them lightly and then take them out and thaw them. And that causes a chemical reaction, which changes them from very tart to very sweet. Mm. Yeah, so a lot of people wait. They're called frost grapes. You wait till mm -hmm. first frost, and then it converts the sugars or something like that. Although a lot, I was I was watching a video about it, and they're like, some people just don't care all that much. The tartness is actually quite pleasant, so yeah. maybe just want regular old wild grapes. But, but it's sort of nice. You so have the option to do either one. So but less I, spiritually I, emotional, but more chemical, chemically reactive. That's for sure. A chemical reaction occurs. I'm, I'm, I, I've just been thinking more and more that you know cities are the devil. Uh, you know, in in a, in a certain sense, yeah. I I've lived in cities my whole life. Uh, then slowly started moving further and further away from them. Then in 2014, got a little time, like a five acre little plot in, in the Redlands in Miami, which was less city, more rural and uh, semi farm. Like there's a lot of farms there. We had only five acres, but we had chickens. The first time we got a chicken right out of the chicken's butt. I'm like, do I got to do anything to it? Do I just, do I just eat it? And then I'm like, do we just eat it? And then we, we fried up the eggs. They were great. We made food with it. Then uh, when we were here, when we got away from uh, Jersey and New York and all that stuff, we, we had a garden. I wake up in the morning take two eggs straight from the chicken's butt. You walk right up when the ch chicken lays it. They're still warm. And then you go to the garden. I pick some cherry tomatoes, grab a zucchini, go and chop it all up, fry it up. Breakfast made by me. No harmful chemicals, no BS. I think about what's going on in cities, how to feed the, the people who live there. Glyphosate, pesticides, atrazine, all of these really awful chemicals. The, 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 the fuels that are burned to produce it, all the waste produced by it. And I'm like, that's disgusting. It's not food. These people are eating like brominated flour and other weird chemicals. And I'm like, cities have become toxic wastelands where people are consuming fake food, becoming extremely depressed and unhealthy 
that we, we have a story. I mean, suicide rates are through. Let me pull this one up. Let's talk about this. Look at this. The Daily, Daily Mail reports suicides hit record high last year when nearly 50,000 Americans took their own lives. CDC report revealed that suicides in the U.S. are at an all-time high. I think a large component of this is what's what we see in cities. Obviously, COVID, I think, destroyed a lot of people, the lockdowns and all that stuff. But you come out to the middle of nowhere, and what do you have? Fresh running water. Granted, you don't want to drink wild stuff. Right? you know, you got to clean it and all that stuff. But we have a well. We have a well water with a filtration system. So there's no gunk. There's no weird chemicals. There's no, there, like, there's no chlorine. I'm pretty sure we have no chlorine. Uh, we just, it's like a multi-stage filter with a, with a UV light to clean it uh, and, and kill the bacteria. No fluoride added, just regular old well water. And it's, it's, we have, we have the rivers right down the road, fresh fruit growing all across the property. It's ridiculous. Every month there's some new kind of fruit to eat. And we didn't even, we didn't even put it there and you can even eat the leaves. Nobody wants to, but you can. A lot of the grape leaves. We got yeah. so much grape. Oh, we could wrap stuff with yeah, grape Yeah, you could leaves. Wrap, wrap them and soak them. Yeah, Chuck was talking about doing that. So we're out here. And it's like a Disney fairy tale. Little animals running about with deer on the front yard. The picturesque mountains in the forefront with the clean air. Yep. You walk out, you look outside, you see clean air, you see mist rising. There's wild turkeys in the front. You could, back in the day, they have, they, I mentioned this, they have the guns in the kitchen, the, the muskets. And I asked the guy, like, what's the musket for? And they're like, oh, when they're cooking dinner, they open the back door, shoot a rodent, throw the rodent in the stew. And I'm like, Wow. That's how they live. It's like, you don't even need to go hunt. You just like open the door and you wait and you're like, there we go, rabbit, bang. Mm -hmm. So we have wild turkeys in front of the house all the time. We don't do this, but we could literally just capture, kill one anyway. We have deer all over the place. There's too many deer, actually. I hope, like, the deer need to be killed. Right? I, I, I'm, you know, I don't want to be a dick, but there's like 25 of them and there's poop everywhere and they're just eating too much. So people go out and they kill them, but you could just eat the deer. It's just like the food is right there. In the cities, they use all these crazy chemicals. People's heads are, are whacked. They're on SSRIs. They live in cube. They live in these concrete blocks that smell like sour milk. Yeah, that brake dust coming out of the cars. I was going to yep. say, all the car emissions that they walk through to get from tiny apartment building to, to the tiny 24 office. 24-7, because it goes into your apartments, too. It's, it's like everywhere. living in a sewer. Is it like that in London, too? You're from outside of London? Yeah, but I don't really spend much time there. But it is. I mean, the pollution is really, really bad. But, you know, on the flip side, they're trying to push the climate change thing. So they're putting plant pots in the middle of roads to stop drivers going into central London. They're charging people every single day about $15 just to drive into central London. So that's even delivery drivers, truck drivers. So there's good good and bad things about that. You know, I think it is a, a tough life, though, when people are going from the office, you know, nine to five, they go straight to the house and they've got a tiny apartment and you know, for a one bedroom apartment in London it's like $1,200, $1,300 so it's uh, you know crammed conditions a bit like New York so it's not a way for people to live you know like Tim was saying it's much better people are happier and healthier if they're living in the countryside you know I spend so much time outdoors and it's so much nicer it's fulfilling you know you feel that fresh air and you feel good and you know you appreciate things like if you grow your own vegetables you appreciate that taste you, you don't think oh I can just buy what I want it's you know consumption it's you're actually in Enjoy life a bit more. Yeah, here's a crazy thing: the uh, they have a racial breakdown and an age breakdown. It is mostly millennial white people who are committing suicide. Oh my gosh! Multiracial people are very low. I, I love this, but what you need to understand is that white people what? are the majority of the population. Okay. So percentage is what matters the most. And I think uh, as percentage change, you need to break down the amount of suicides by race, but by percentage of population. So it looks like white people are committing tremendous amounts of suicide, but it's actually fairly comparable. If you look at black or African, they're about 10% of, of, of 
you know, the white population. And that's actually so it seems statistically average uh, suicide across all uh, racial backgrounds. But then you, you do notice that from 25 to 64, substantially more suicides with the highest demographic being 25 to 44, which is millennial into uh, uh, younger Gen X. It's freaky stuff, man. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, whatever's causing this, people are having a breakdown. I think purpose matters. Uh, I think we can look at a lot of the issues that are causing something like this, and they're just directly correlated with cities. No community, no neighbors, no purpose, living in pollution and garbage and running back and forth. It must, it's like, it, it feels, I don't know, man. It just feels like the dark side. And they can never get up the ladder. You know, they're stuck in those jobs for their whole life. They're just surviving, basically, you know, paying their bills. And it's really tough. And what's sad as well, most of these people likely have mental health struggles. And then you've got Canada that's legalizing euthanasia, including for people with mental health. So how many more people are going to feel so hopeless that they're going to take their lives? You know, instead of, you know, sending all this money to different countries, you know, another 24 billion to Ukraine, you know, America should be investing in mental health and let's help these people. We shouldn't be, you know, pushing people to, you know, feel that they've got no chance in life. Let's actually help them and support them with mental health. I think it was, someone was just saying we should reintroduce the reopen mental facilities. Was it Vivek? Was it Vivek? Do you guys remember? Were you it might have, wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Reagan shut them down in the early eighties and that was a big- Put them big, in jails instead. Yeah. And now we have this mental health crisis that just began like mm-hmm. right when that, that big shutdown happened. So maybe it's time to, but like they were so horrible. So mm-hmm. many people suffered so horribly in a lot of those places that that was the justification for shutting them down. But that doesn't mean that we can't do it right or do something. You it also, do something. it, it mm-hmm. also opens the door to- you are a political dissident, so the government says, mentally ill. Yeah, or Yo, you have a medical marijuana card? Well, it's not federally legal, so off to the mental facility with you. Mm-hmm. And like you can't say, get out. With armed guards, yeah. With regular jails, you'll get a term, and then you get out. Maybe you'll get out with good behavior, you get out early, but with uh, mental facilities, they, they, they determine whether, whether you get out or not. I think a lot of these people are, are re- maybe not a lot, but returning veterans from the war in the Middle East, wars in the Middle East, when you come back and you realize like, wait, there were no weapons of mass destruction. Wait, Osama bin Laden. We didn't go into Afghanistan for Osama bin Laden. I thought I just spent six to eight years of my life willing to kill and seeing people get like, uh, and people hate me and look down on me and think that I'm bad for having been in the military. I mean, like their veteran suicide is serious and is a part of it. I think part of it is also social media. I mean, it's, Something that we see particularly among young people, anywhere from, you know, 15 to 35, you're seeing an increase in anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation. Uh, So there might be a lot of circumstances, but I think ultimately we have bred, we have raised young people in a culture of hopelessness. And you must be reminded that every day if you're working a job that you don't like in a city where you feel like no one knows you and you go home and you lie in bed and look on your phone for hours and hours and hours and you feel like you're not getting the same amount of likes as someone else and why aren't you doing more with your life? And that despair is is terrible where I think we need to have a culture that measures success not by online presence, but in the connections you have in real life. I, th- I think if you look at this data, there is a really easy way to... Uh, a really easy bit of data to show what's causing this you can see that males are three times more likely or three or four times more likely to commit suicide than females so i think a large component of this is telling men they're evil they're bad they're wrong no matter you know you know i love there was this article that talked about the glass cliff it was like linda yaccarino is appointed to the board of x right when the company's about to implode this is the glass cliff 
And I'm like, man, you got a glass floor, you got a glass ceiling, you got glass walls, you got a glass cliff. Ladies be living in a big glass room. Is that it? Don't throw stones. That's We're right. Trapped. That's what I was gonna say. People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And so these people, they be doing nothing but throwing stones. And so I'm like, no matter what happens to a woman in the workplace, it is the fault of patriarchy and men. And I'm just like, dude, come on. You can't be like, Elon Musk hired who he thought was the best person for the job. We were very critical of, of, of Yakarino, I think that's her name, right? Because she was a World Economic Forum individual. The, the, she's not being tossed off the glass cliff. She was given a prestigious position. You give a woman an executive position, well, it's the glass cliff to throw her off the cliff. Yeah. You don't give it to her, it's, oh, it's the glass ceiling. You, get, you, you, you give her a, a mid-tier job, and they say, well, that's the glass floor. Women are, 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 are thrown out there because they're eye candy. Oh, just, just spare me, dude. Well, and you, with Yakarino, like them being like, they hired her right as the company was about to go downhill. Like, are you guys saying she's not capable of turning it around? Yes. Like, are you saying that you think she's not qualified for the job she was given? Like, are you sort of showing us what's actually happening here? Uh, I, th I think there is such a weird conversation where women have to be protected at all costs because they can never think that maybe a man would have been better for their position when ultimately we know that genders are function differently. I mean, it goes right down. You can study newborn babies and see a difference in the way their brains naturally develop. You can't tell me a newborn baby has been socialized at all. Uh, we know there are extreme differences. And instead of having a society that prepares people to pursue things that fall along those lines, we're saying constantly like something's oppressing, oppressing you, something's bad. Actually, you're the problem. Actually, you need to stop the way you are and conform to what we want from you. It's just toxic. I think divorce is another one. I was just watching a soft white underbelly on YouTube. Highly recommend the one with the divorce attorney that is just recently came out a few days ago. And he was saying that like in divorce proceedings, the guy tends to get the raw end of the stick. It's like if the guy cheats on the girl, the guy's trash. He's a piece of shit, you know, junk. If the girl cheats on the guy, the guy probably wasn't doing enough to support her. So she had to go. They're more likely it. to lose custody of their children. I mean, it's, it's and brutal. So to be 18 or 16, I mean, did you, did, was this around you? This like men are bad. Is that part of why you feel like I don't want to be, or I don't feel right as a guy? Like, um, so it wasn't like it is now mm -hmm. when, you know, the patriarchy is constantly mocked and you saw the Barbie movie that was kind of mocking men. Um, so, you, you know, you saw the Barbie movie Mocking Men, but um, it wasn't around then, but I had a kind of difficult relationship with my dad. He was very masculine. And he was trying to get me to do all these outdoor things and, you know, I didn't get on with him. So I was trying to reject that. So that was part of the reason why I became more feminine and you know, more like a girl and stuff. But I think nowadays we're really seeing this division is, you know, a breakdown of masculinity because it's very hard to find, you know, just normal masculine guys now, right? You know, because we're having this society that's emasculating men and again, the Barbie movie, you know, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was cool. I love, you know, all the colors and the outfits and stuff, but I think it was mocking men and trying to make men look bad and tell women, you know, you don't need a man. You don't need to settle down. And you know, they even mock the pregnant Barbie and that. So I think it's kind of teaching kids, you know, or, or teaching young girls, you don't need a man in life. And, you know, it's essential for starting a family, right. And, and growing. So, um, and I think guys are seeing that and thinking like, uh, I'm not needed. If they're telling girls they don't need men and I'm a man, that means I'm not going to be needed. Why am I even here? I have like, no purpose. Yeah, And that's why we don't see uh, strong, solid relationships anymore or marriages. You know, a lot of marriages failing or you know, people just hooking up on, on apps like Tinder or, or Bumble because they don't see the purpose of it. You know, everything is so fast in modern society. You just go on an app, you find someone new. So they don't build that connection, which I think is really sad. That was another thing we were talking about like uh, 50 years ago. Your pool, your dating pool was like who you knew. And who you were around now, even when you're like married or you're in a fully committed family relationship, if you go to check your your notifications, you see women's faces like the faces of hundreds of different women. It's just such a like an erotic mess. I, it's not 
it's not natural stimulation. At least it wasn't up to this now. Maybe we have to start considering it. I mean, it's artificial, but it may be coming part of our nature, but it is counterintuitive to the marriage mono, uh, like monogamy structure. That's something else this divorce, divorce attorney was talking about too. Jeez, what a, it's a weird, a weird, but I mean, if we it's, don't have kids, then the human race will not proceed. And so. this is why young men are skewing conservative. It's why young men are fans of Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson. Because you've got, finally, they're being talked to. They're being explained their value. They're being explained their responsibilities, their opportunities. And the left, this is really, really funny. I think it was Vosh who tweeted something like, the reason young men are becoming conservative is because the right is talking to them. We need to do this. And the response from all these leftists was, oh, boo-hoo, poor men, shut up, spare me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting here laughing, being like, just keep on ragging, just keep on hating. And more and more guys are going to be like, screw you, I'm leaving. At first, I, I was hurt by a girl. I blamed her. It was my fault. A lot of it went in my 20s. So I was like happy to watch this division proceed in like 2011, 12, 13. I'm like, good. She deserves it. All women deserve it. I was so angry. And, but it's like a snowball, an avalanche rolling down a hill. Once it gets started, I, it's, it's gone out of control now. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we can grains of sand and kind of slow the thing down because it's not a literal avalanche. But it feels like this momentum of, div of divisiveness between men and women is, has been picking up sp steam. And that's uh, that's concerning. Of course, it's you know, shit can get changed really. Well, fast I would with think movies like Barbie are sort of accelerating this, right? They're saying men are to blame, and that's I, don't know, I thought Barbie was making fun of women. I've never seen it, so yeah, I, I can't seen it comment accurately. I mean, I'm sorry, I thought it was more mocking men. It was basically teaching women don't settle down with a man you don't want to get married. And there was two scenes where there was a pregnant Barbie, and you know, Will Ferrell was the CEO of Mattel, and basically they were mocking the pregnant Barbie like she was a discarded model. So it was teaching, you know, young girls, you know, don't have babies. And there was a scene at the start, you might have seen it in the trailer, where these uh, kids were on the beach and they had these baby dolls. They were looking yeah. after them. Barbie came along, suddenly they smashed them. So I thought that was almost a subliminal message telling kids, don't have babies or, you know, because it's it's not what we want in society anymore. So I mean, I, I didn't see mm. it, but my my view from the trailers and the, and the commentary that I have seen is that if the default presentation of the Barbies is this happy-go-lucky world and... Then she goes out to the real world and it's not nearly as, as bad. Like, I, I think it shows them as like airhead, vapid, stupid, lazy, entitled, like, but I didn't see the movie. So I don't know. I got a hot take. I don't think Margot Robbie's that good of an actor. Am I, I've never I heard thought any she was good. I you thought, thought she was good? good. Yeah, I, she's I, good, yeah. When I look at her face, I just don't see, and Margot, come on the show. I, I still love you. <laughs> but like, she's just popular because she's hot. And I maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she was great in the she's movie. I didn't see the movie. She's been in a lot of stuff, I know, right? she was in- she, um, She's a really good actress, yeah. Jared Leto in, uh, what's that What's that movie? Harley Quinn, right? Yeah, Harley yeah. Quinn. She was in- um, um, That movie was- Wolf of Wall Street awful. too, right? I don't Dude, the worst, one of the worst movies I've ever seen was Birds of Prey. Her, her, oh, was it, she in that yes, too? Yes, and it was just so I bad. saw a couple scenes with her and Ryan, or not Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually upset you guys made me remember that movie. <laughs> yeah, <Sorry. laughs> I mean, it's, I hate yeah, objectifying other actors because good for her doing what she's doing, but I think it's a, it's kind of an example of like where our society's at with auto-tune and like the hot girl gets the lead because she's hot and not because the best actors. Well, they what wanted Amy Schumer originally. For oh, what, Harley Quinn? And no, they missed oh. the mark if they didn't oh. hire her. Amy Schumer is legit. Lizzo true yeah. well she's got a lot of problems right now would have been an issue i don't know maybe yeah, but they didn't know funny. about the problems when they were doing casting so true yeah they, they were it's really funny because they wanted to do amy schumer because they're woke and then somebody was like yeah but there's a limit <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like you yeah, can't just cast everyone all the time everywhere yeah 
Oh. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, Someone just said that Margot Robbie produced the movie. Is that right? Yeah, she, was a she, uh, she was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't really care all that much about the Barbie movie. I don't want to see the Barbie movie. What, Tim? I, I thought you were a huge Barbie fan. Yeah, you talk about Barbie all the time. Are you how how big of a fan of Ryan Gosling are you? One to ten. One. Oh, really? One hundred. You love 100? him. One <laughs> hundred. I like Ryan. I think he's awesome. One. Oh, I think he's one of the best actors on earth. But I'm not, I love I'm, that guy. I, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're. What, what does one represent? Like, not a fan at all, and one and ten is a big fan. Not a fan at all. But it doesn't mean I don't like the guy. I just don't know anything about him. I don't mm. know. Whatever. He's a dude. He's fine. You know, he's doing his thing. Good for him. He was in Blade Runner. He was in Place Beyond the Pines. That's how he met his wife, Eva Mendez. Oh, I don't he's know what in, that uh, is. The Notebook, and I cried. Have you seen it? No, I have not. It'll, it'll change you. Have you seen the Notebook? I, I know what it is, but no, I haven't seen it. No, it's it's a fantasy. <laughs> Mandatory screening <laughs> yeah. after this. <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom. I love you all. <laughs> Let's talk about, uh, I want to talk about Sam Harris. Let's get a little bit podcast esoteric. We have this clip and there's been a whole bunch of clips about from Sam Harris that have been going around. For those that aren't familiar, he's a, a very, very big podcaster. And um, it appears that he has, I don't know if, I don't think he lost his mind. I think that he embodies the grift perfectly. You've got people who are passionate and dedicated to what they believe. You've got people like Brett Weinstein who are very, very adamant about their beliefs and their expertise. And then you get Sam Harris who just says whatever the most tepid, centrist, neoliberal thing is, even if it makes no sense, even if you know he knows he's lying about what he's saying. So he has this clip. I'm going to play this clip for you guys. You know, but dial up the, the deadliness of the pathogen. You know, give us something like, you know, airborne Ebola that incubates for a month, you don't, you don't know you have it and you're, you walk around spreading it and it's got you know, a 75% fatality rate and it's mostly killing kids, no one gets to make that choice anymore. I mean, then literally the, the cops come in and vaccinate you. And I, w I would say that all of us would agree to that the moment, again, that you turn up the lethality uh, on the on the pathogen, you turn up the effectiveness of the vaccine, you turn down the risk of the vaccine. Give me a truly safe vaccine where there's not even one documented case of vaccine injury, right? So that th then you just have to be completely crazy to be worried about being vaccinated in that in that kind of environment. Um, then it's just a no-brainer. Then then we just don't tolerate a diversity of opinion because the stakes are too high. It's, it's a full-on emergency. Bodies of kids are being stacked up in parks, right? We, we, there's so many of them, we don't know what to do with them. We've got these mobile morgues, and we have a vaccine that actually works, and then we've got RFK Jr. saying, you know, maybe you don't want, you know, maybe you don't want to get the jab on Rogan's podcast, right? That so did you hear what he just said about RFK Jr.? He says, imagine a scenario where it's a 75% mortality rate. The vaccine is perfect. Everyone knows it's perfect. And children and, are and, and dying. And children are dying and being popped on the street. Now RFK is saying, don't do it? Like, like, no, 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 no. RFK was talking about now you made up a fake scenario in your own mind and then criticized RFK for saying something in your own mind. Dude is losing it. He's, he's completely losing it. This was the bodies in the, like, he could have children's bodies in the basement and I would still vote for him, guy, right? Like, I, I don't really understand how he made his career happen when it's based completely, apparently, in fiction. I want to I wanna read this tweet from Dave Smith. He said, quote, imagine if everything was completely different, then things would be different. Imagine if COVID had a 100% death rate and the vaccine was perfectly safe. RFK looks pretty stupid now. 
It's just absolutely remarkable. I'll tell you what I think Sam Harris is doing. He just wants to stay on the good side of the machine. He wants to still maintain some kind of academic contrarian personality type, but he is worried about being the, on the other side of the machine. That's it. So I, what he just said made literally no sense. I missed the best minute probably. But I, I, I also want to point out too this whole statement. Let's just say you have airborne Ebola. 100% mortality rate or whatever, 30-day incubation, like the worst case scenario. And then RFK Jr. comes out and says, maybe you don't want to get the vaccine. And the police are going into people's homes and forcefully vaccinating them. My response right away is, I don't trust the government. Sam Harris's world is so insane. It's like he lives in this reality where the government is a big marshmallow man that wants to hug you. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, the, the, the government quite literally is a demon, is a gigantic demon with fangs trying to Drink your blood. Okay. There, there are some circumstances where that gigantic demon does things for us because there are other gigantic demons trying to drink our blood. You see what I'm saying? And so one day the gigantic government demon stops a war from happening, like stops an invasion from coming into showing your home. You go, wow, thank you so much, demon. See, this is why we need the demon. Then the demon grabs someone, cracks them in half and drinks their blood and throws their body. Like the Sam Harris needs to read a history book because- Governments throughout history, in almost every single circumstance, are really, really bad. There's good things that come with government. Small government, I'm talking like small towns and local stuff, tends to work fairly well, but large scale stuff tends to be very, very demonic. And here's a guy so desperate to stay in the neoliberal space that he makes this, he, he espouses a sophistry. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd heard it. Well, I think what's strange is the mental gymnastics he has to go through to create a scenario where the, the world that he wants is correct, where RFK is, you know, saying the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing. So he creates a completely fake scenario. It, it, it seems like the worst talking point of all time. I'm sure I say weird stuff too on the internet, but it seems indicative of the culture he is in, where I could give you a completely hypothetical situation that I have made up and then apply it to a real world example that actually has nothing to do with it. I love this response from Tristan Tate. He said, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts. <laughs> That's an excellent, excellent response to, to Sam Harris. I think what happened is, and the reason why I, I want to talk about this is like, this is the intellectual dark web guy. The, this big podcast, what was his podcast called? Yeah. You remember what it was uh, called? It was Sam Harris something yeah. intelligent something. Or, yeah. I don't know. I'll look it up. <laughs> and it was him and he would sit around with Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson and Dave Rubin. And they would talk about all this stuff. And it was like, oh, very fascinating. And now he's been going out saying- Making that, sense. That was Making sense. It, yeah. Criticizing Joe Rogan saying he's captured by his audience. I'm like, bro, that's quite literally you. Joe, Joe Rogan drink, just drank Bud Light. Joe Rogan on two occasions cracked up on a Bud Light and said the whole thing was silly. Despite the massive backlash against the company, it's not audience capture. That's Joe Rogan just being him and doing what he wants to do. This guy is willing to say whatever nonsense he can to try and stay in the limelight, not piss off the neoliberal establishment. That's the definition of grifting, I suppose. Well, I'd like to get him in studio at some point. It seems like he we have a it. lot of uh, familiar of similar friends. He was just with uh, with um, on Modern Wisdom. Right. Yeah, but he, he won't do it. He's like, he, he said in one interview, I, I'd love to talk with Jordan or, or, or Brett, you know, about these things. And then he literally doesn't talk to them. Mm -hmm. Or I don't think he mentioned Brett. It was like Jordan and Joe or something. I don't know. Brett Weinstein. Yeah, yeah. And then Brett's like, he literally won't talk to us about this. And Brett's an evolutionary biologist. Mm -hmm. 
So it's just like he's he's he's, he's it's plastic, man. Yeah, he knows he's supposed to say, "Oh no, of course I'd be willing to talk to them," and it's like. Then do it immediately. The entire he, he knows his arguments flawed. He wouldn't win an argument, so that's well, why he won't. If he's allowed to make up his own mm. facts and everyone agreed with him a hundred percent, then he could win. So I don't understand. He can just make up scenarios all day long, and he'll be fine, right? That's what we learned from this interview. Yeah, I think that's so weird to make this hypothetical because you don't like RFK Jr. so much that you would say. If the virus was more deadly and also vaccines were better and also there was an, a massive emergency, like none of those things happened. Point to one time that has happened where this has been the case. He can't even cite a historical like precedent. It doesn't make any sense to me. It, was he playing the devil's advocate to the point no, where just he playing dumb, I think. just become the devil? So I think what happened with him is he has Trump derangement syndrome. That is so weird coming from a guy that's supposed to be a, like, an intellectual. I don't, but I it's, don't but get it's, it. But it's, here, I, I, here's what I think happens. He sees Trump losing and he thinks to himself, oh, man, if I'm on the side of Trump, I'm on the wrong side of history. I'm done. I'm going to come out and say whatever to say, whatever I have to say to be this centrist, but still in the good side of the machine personality. I get that forces him to adopt a bunch of positions that make no sense. I get that from Neil deGrasse Tyson, too. I oh, think he dude. just said there was many genders. Yep. He's a scientist and he said that. Yep. Uh and I'm, I'm like, I want to be diplomatic with these guys, but it's just to the point where like, yo, if you're going to be dumb, you're not part of the solution. They're going to be dumb. They're evil. Either one or the other. Either you're, they're plaintively stupid or they're acting maliciously. So I don't this know. This is a scary reality. When you see someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson come out and be like, there are more than two genders. You're like, okay, how much did they pay you? Because mm. like, come on, dude. You, you can look up any fifth grade science book and it'll tell you about the, the, the I'm sorry, more than two sexes. You look up any, any. Fifth grade biology book, there are two sexes. Oh, so did he say there's more than two genders? But no, I said, he said, he said sexes. He said that we've learned now. Confusing. And then you got that guy, uh, um, Colin Wright posted this, the guy who said that there are six biological sexes. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like these people are unwell. Two plus two equals five. Their, their worldview is shattered. I don't see how they can build a cohesive community if their worldview makes no sense. Well... You know what I'm thinking about is religion. How do you build a cohesive uh, community around something that ha cannot be proved? Like if you tell a kid two plus two equals five, but but look, here's two, and then here's two. If you count them, that's one, two, three, four. But two plus two equals five. The kid will think, okay, I can accept these things, even though I don't, I can't prove why or it doesn't make sense, but yep. I will accept that those are both true. And so you could make a now there are their logical pathways, their reasoning breaks. Because now they can't connect dots. Is it? Do you think that? I don't. I don't want to get too deep into religion. But people that just blindly accept, have faith in things that are unprovable, that they're they have like broken logic pathways. No. Do, do you have to break your logic pathway to believe something without proof? No. What do you mean? Well, without without ev evidential proof, so why would you ever believe it? So let's say you stumble ac across a chalk a spattering of chocolate on your floor. And there is a cake on your counter that is destroyed. Something ate your cake and got the chocolate on the floor. The first thing we do is we make an assumption. We form a hypothesis. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and assume that someone smashed and destroyed the cake. That's apparent by the fact the cake is smashed and destroyed. I'm now going to assume that it was not a human who did it because a human would not flip the cake and the chocolate onto the ground. Oh, hold on. Why would you believe something without proof? Why would you operate under this, this uh, concept? without actually having been able to prove it. The only way to lead yourself to prove it is if you operate under the assumption it is potentially true. So now you're sitting here saying, 
It's going to take me a while to figure out what happened to this cake, but I think it was an animal that did it. Okay, now we assess how many animals do we have in the house. We have a cat. We have a dog. Likely not going to be the cat. Maybe the cat, though. The cat maybe like boop, booped it off the counter. Maybe the dog jumped up and got it. We're going to choose a hypothesis and then we're going to pursue it. We are going to operate under an assumption so that we can try and figure out the truth. Now, it may turn out to be that both the cat and the dog are covered in chocolate and you're going to have to operate without being able to know for sure. My point here is that's logic. If you can look at a cake on the ground and, and it's flipped over and be like, OK, none of the humans here did this, right? It, it's possible they did, but unlikely they did. So I'm not going to pursue that course of investigation. That's using logic. Now, if a child can't understand the concepts because they've been told two plus two equals five, they look at the cake on the ground. They look at the cake on the counter. They see the smash that smashed the chuck on the floor and they go, a rabbit broke into my house and got my cake. Oh, wow. They'll be more likely to believe nonsensical, insane things that you should not be led to believe. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. When like you pointed out pretty well, you say two and two, right? That equals four. But then these leftists come out and say two plus two equals five. But if you take the pencils and lay them out, you go one, two, three, four. Hey, wait a minute. That's not five. Now, if the kid is like, no, it, it, but it is five. And there's no fifth pen there. Like, you know, it's, it's nonsense. For the record, it's what they're saying is 2.3 plus 2.3 equals 4.6. When and, you round it up, yeah, when you round it up, that's why 2.3 rounded down is two. So technically, but generally, but it's not technically right. And it's not even generally it's literally right. false. It's not math. That's not mathematics either. Uh, so I don't. Yeah, I don't. It's literally false. They're just trying to manipulate people, uh, it's people's kind of, ability to formulate complex ideas. Sort of like a Sam Harris argument. If things were slightly different, then the outcome would have been and then you have, what I'm And then you have you. RFK saying, don't take the vaccines. Like, wait, what? what, what is, he did, that didn't happen. In the alternate reality I've made up for myself, I can't believe what RFK Jr. is saying, right, right. which is based not in reality at all. It's like some angry teenage girl in the shower thinking about like, well, you know, that guy was so mean to me. I bet he said this. Ha, he's so dumb. It's like, and then they start to it's, believe it's that it the actually human happened. equivalent of like AI generated images. Like if I can be like, I want exactly this scenario. And now RFK is wrong. Like it, it's so ridiculous. I, I just don't understand like what he was trying to accomplish with this. Argument. But, I, but I, I think the big picture here with what the left is doing in terms of attacking the ability to reason and logic is that kids are going to grow up and they're going to be unable to understand the world or solve problems. Mm -hmm. That's the point. I That's gotta, why they attack math. I got to ask you, Ali, because we're about to go to super chats, but I I think maybe your book ties into this. Can you tell me really kind of briefly, like, what is this book? What's it about? And what, what happened? So Gender Madness is basically talking about all these issues of kids being confused online. So, you know, kids taking to TikTok for validation and how that algorithm manipulates them. It's also about um, how schools are, you know, teachers are in some cases transitioning kids without the parents even knowing. Um, and, you know, I've got a lot of research in the book about data, which actually counters the mainstream narrative. And, you know, mainstream narrative says there's no detransitioners. It's a very low rate. Everybody's happy. All these kids live happily ever after. Right. We know that's not true. It's it's just like we're talking about, you know, it's they, these people, they reject the reality. They want you to reject the logic that, you know, cutting off a girl's breasts is a good thing to do because it's not. But they want us to believe that that is a good thing. So the book, you know, covers all these issues. It covers um, how people can fall in, fall victim to this kind of gender ideology and indoctrination. You know, what are the solutions out there? We've got uh, Sweden has reversed their policy. They were the pioneers in gender transitions on kids. 
they have now stopped doing puberty blockers and hormones on on minors. We have the UK that is also passing similar laws. So you know, we see Europe is slightly ahead of the US, and U the US is currently where it's all happening. There's been an explosion in the last five years, so it's really covering all of these issues and what we can do to speak up for these kids and you know speak up for parents. So it's um it's out in a couple of days. Let's 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 uh talk about a, a lot more of this in the members only show we'll get really in depth on this mm -hmm. stuff we can uh, get not so family friendly but we're gonna go to super chat so if you haven't already smash that like button subscribe to this channel share the show if you really do like it and head over to timcast.com click join us we're gonna have the members only uncensored show coming up in about a half an hour you don't want to miss it we're gonna talk more about these issues of gender ideology and there are some uh some really shocking uh social media posts from people who have detransitioned that are very very sad that uh, we, we will bring up. And I think you guys need to hear this. Uh, you need to hear what these these young people are saying. They're they're asking where their parents were to have helped them and prevented this. And, and we'll, we'll save it, but uh, we'll read some more Super Chats. Uh, we'll, we'll start reading Super Chats. All right, I'm not your buddy guy, says. I wanted to get your opinion on the Michigan election integrity issues recently revealed. However, I gotta say this song, Rich Men North of Richmond by Oliver Anthony really hit me deep and you all need to hear it. Finally, you should see if you can get Douglas Murray on. I have seen only a little bit about the Michigan election stuff, and I've asked some friends about it. I don't know enough about it as of right now. And the guy singing that song he mentioned is giving one of the performances of a lifetime. You should find the video and listen mm -hmm, to it. It's cool. incredible. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, don't you tell me that I'm, real, that I'm the only one when you have something to celebrate. You don't call your homeboys over so you can cuddle up and kiss. So at 6 p.m., for those that are confused, I, uh, I saw a tweet from Tristan Tate that said straight men cuddle and kiss sometimes or in bromances. And then I looked up the story and it, it had been popping up on Reddit in a lot of these LGBTQ community pages. And they were like, this is totally legit. Like straight men hug, kiss and cuddle all the time. Bros always snuggle. And I'm like, no, 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 they don't. Bros don't snuggle. And like, there's a picture of two men kissing. And it's like, if you're a straight man, sometimes you want to kiss your homie. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> and apparently Metro published a story in 2017 where there was a study done that found that straight men, it said, and this was, I think they're just trying to lie to kids. Like they're trying to trick people into thinking this, is, this stuff's normal. Dudes aren't doing this. Like it's just not happening. It said, uh, when it surveyed, most men said that when, when they're hanging out with their, with their, uh, uh, with their friends, their male, their straight male friends, they will sometimes walk around naked, snuggle with each other, and kiss on the lips. No, nope. I'm like, dude. No, nope. who'd they survey? Like, those ten, are gay people. Ten gay dudes, yeah. And there's what? no problem with being gay. Just say you're gay. Don't say you're a straight guy. And I'm like, if they surveyed a guy who claimed to be straight, but then all of a sudden he, he kissed his 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 male friends on the lips, he's just in the closet, dude. You, you, like that's, that's not that's all. That's, he's not straight. But I thought that was funny, so I did a segment on that's what Raymond G. Stanley Jr. is referring to. For Brit says, when you start selling your chickens, you should call them cast brewed chickens. It'll match your cast brew coffee. Love you guys. It's the chicken city strain. We have um we have to figure out Roberto Roberto Jr.'s children, and um we believe he has a, he has three two or three sons. How are you going to decide who gets to be the new king of the castle over there, the new sheriff in town? Yeah, someone is going to become the heir to the Roberto lineage, and it's not. Always, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's not, not always age based I'm, in our. Well, no, I mean, look, there's many stories of the, the king has two sons and then one child is chosen over the other. And then the brother is angry. Why wasn't I chosen to be the heir to the throne? Why is my brother? And, you know, these, these other roosters are going to have to deal with it's it. Like Charlemagne's brother. On the next brother. season of Chicken City. Yeah, Roberto I, the third. I think maybe an overthrow of the entire Beaks uh, lineage may be in order. I bullish no. on Luke. Luke's, Luke's got mm -hmm. the hair, man. 
That guy looks like a dog. I'll say it again. Are his feet still weird? He, and he actually Maybe. is. He, he's actually pretty nice. And, uh, uh, you know, like, apparently you can, like, he'll crawl, crawl into your lap and mm -hmm. you can pet him and stuff. And he's super chill. Yeah. Is he, but uh, uh, Luke Rakowski tweeted about it because he's named after Luke. But no, no, the Beaks dynasty will be forever. Yeah. We are we are going to have this great history of, you know, generations of the Beaks. Let's hope that it does not devolve into civil war. It won't. So, you know, Roberto, they're all his kids. Like, Roberto, the one rooster, he's got like 80 children. Zeus it up, dude. He, he just, well, no, he's got probably like 50, but then he's got a bunch of grandkids too. Like, man, this dude, he he, he had kids. Mm -hmm. And he's back. The king has returned. And But apparently him and Luke don't get along. And they tried to spur each other. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. Roberto, he's like battle-hardened now. Spending all well, that he's time. Always been, he's always been pretty tough. I think it's because he got a Napoleon complex. Because when they thought he was a girl. Yep. And Luke can't be, I can't remember all of when, when all the chickens arrived, but he can't be the sheriff because he's not actually a descendant of Roberto Jr., right? Or is Well, he? that's obvious. You but, know, he's a usurper. But the bigger issue is that he has a domed head. Uh, and so if he gets pecked in the head, he'll just die. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to make a, a, a weak... A weak chicken, the king. Mm. But I'm, I'm, we gotta, we gotta go look. Uh, Roberto Junior's kids are all still very, very young. They're only a few, a few weeks, I think. And so we need to figure out you know, who's the boys and who's the girls. What if there aren't any boys? What are you gonna no, do? No, there are. What if they're we, trans, oh, trans, sure there trans are. chickens? Well, we thought, we thought, uh, <laughs> well, we, we, we thought Roberto was. No, we thought Roberto was. So we bought, we bought. I think we got eight baby chicks that were supposed to be chickens. We didn't want a rooster. We just wanted chickens. We wanted just eight. Mm. And then uh, two of them died. And then one of them started one day went Argh! and we were like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and then I'm like, why are that? Why would a hen grunt? And they're called alpha. What are they? Alpha hens or something like that. Uh -huh. Where if there's no male, a female will become like oh. masculine it up. and be basically trans chicken. No, for real. We'll start that's acting crazy. like a rooster. And then people were just like, yo, I think that's just a rooster. And then I'm like, what? And then. The success rate of su successfully gendering, uh, sexing the baby chicks is like only nine out of 10, 90%. So we ended up getting a rooster. Then I'm like, well, now we got a rooster. And then he started, you know, doing his thing once, once he got old enough. And then we had eggs and we incubated them. And uh, Roberto Jr. and uh, Maggie and Bernie were the uh, first three chickens. Aww. Yep. So Roberto, Roberto Jr. And we're like, well, we call Roberto like Jr. And that was like two years ago at this point? Two years ago. It was uh, almost exactly so two fast. years ago. <laughs> I remember yep. it so well in the front yard. Yeah, I remember when mm -hmm. they were in the front yard in the garden. And uh, Roberto Jr., we had in the house, in our room, in a little cage because he was super tiny. And uh, he'd run around and jump up on the bed and stuff. And we had to clean up poop all the time. It was really awful and disgusting. Oh, yeah. He'd, he'd tear it up on the bar downstairs, too. Yeah, he'd run Junior. around. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. And then, uh, but I think because he was like the first, you know, of of, of the, the the breeding there were some issues he had he had a, a a messed up foot that was indicative of some kind of malnourishment and when when roberto jr was first crowing he would pass out and there's nothing we could do about that he would go and just fall and hit the ground and we were like something's wrong with him but what do you do right we was not much we can do and so this explains why he probably had a heart attack and died dude his crows mm. are the most unique and i will do it again for posterity i love you junior like you could hear him really struggling. Thanks for it that. Let's read some. You got it. <laughs> Mad love. All right. Waffle sentences haven't been notified for the show in three days. It must be election season. That's right. That's why you guys should copy, click, share, grab the URL, post it wherever you can, because YouTube doesn't want other people to watch this show. That's right.
Yannette Santana says, hi, Ali. Glad you came through all the madness. I follow you on X. Ian moved to Cuba. Hi, Tim. Hello. Cuba. Cuba? Soy Cubano. You're talking about Cuba? When Mr. Burns says he wants to live in their socialist paradise. And then Fidel's like, you're talking about Cuba? <laughs> and then he steals the trillion dollar bill. He's like, can I see it? And Mr. Burns is like, uh, I don't know. He's like, okay. And then he goes like, okay, now give it back. Give what back? The trillion dollar bill. <laughs> Classic Simpsons, man. What do we got here? K-Som says, Matt Walsh axed Oliver Anthony's Rich Men North of Richmond. I cannot stop listening to him. Gotta check that song out, I guess. Everybody's yeah. talking about it's it. It's like been blowing up since oh, this morning. Oh, 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 I think I saw that. It's the guy playing guitar, guitar. In, the, yeah. in the in like the super wooded simple. area or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It's, it's that a, was really cool. good. It's an example of like what makes great music, in my opinion. There's no auto-tune. It's just a dude. I also love this idea that people are just like, hey, this is a really good song. I've got to tell it to you. Instead of it being sort of like a big music company that's saying like, we're going to have a radio release and now everyone's going to hear it. There's something cool about the organic Whoa. nature of this. Look at this. Barack Tobias Obama says Bidenomics backwards is skim one dib. Skim's definition is to remove or embezzle and dib means money. Just found that odd. Skim one wow. dib. That proves it. Yep. Dova Kin said, fun fact, when Oprah Winfrey bought her property, she had the road connecting Kihei to Kula shut down. It more than doubled the drive time between the two towns. The locals hate her more than anyone. Well, why would anyone allow her to do that? I, uh, look, you know, I just don't know. I just don't know. People being like, we live in a small community and a very wealthy person is shutting our roads down. Shucks. It's like, bro, you got a bad police department. You got a bad mayor's office. You got to get these people out. You got to vote them out. I don't know. Grofty has a 20 for Ian. I don't know what it was for, but you know, there you go. Grofty. There you go. 94 made said, imagine if someone could manipulate weather and cause disasters like this, but that'd be crazy, huh? Well, we did end up talking about and speculating whether or not China had space lasers. Well, actually, I'm sorry. China does have space lasers. The question is, can those space lasers start fires? Oh, and I looked into it from lasersafetyfacts.com. Uh, Apparently, regular, I guess you would call these uh, consumer grade lasers. No, the redder the laser, the hotter. So like green lasers are less hot, I think. I'm not an expert and correct me if I'm wrong. And that they don't go so very infrared. far. If it was infrared lasers, you're talking about lasers you can't see. I, that's not on the list, but it's only like 30 feet that a red laser can yeah, but start you're a fire. Consumer grade. Yeah, consumer grade lasers. So yeah. these high powered military, who knows if they're even Google lasers, search you know? megawatt laser. I think that's like a psychotically powerful laser. What does it say? Because oh. I think I think kilowatt lasers are crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the lasers I was looking and megawatts at megawatts are when Trump creates them. Megawatts, <laughs> mega. Yeah, I'm looking at like five thousand milliwatt lasers. I don't think that's very much. Yeah, like uh, I think I think the kilowatt lasers are the ones that start fires. I'm not sure. Like a megawatt laser would be nuts. So you think if it comes out and someone's like, the cause of this fire was arson, you're gonna feel more like there's credibility or are you going to feel like it's it's more like there's no way they would tell us if it was if if the reality was that china could start fires with satellites the last thing they want is for the u.s to panic that they're there's something you're gonna get hit with a laser all right i fly mile high says tim i once had a conversation with a resident of mine five minutes later i sit down and see an advertisement for the company on his shirt i have never heard of the company before nor looked it up we live in a simulation it's procedurally generated that's why the ads are such because the AI isn't that sophisticated. 
We're all playing some kind of video game. Oh, and I ordered one of those VR treadmill things. What's Good. a VR treadmill? Yeah, it's like uh, mm. it's a bowl you stand on and strap into, and then you have these special shoes. And when you run, you can't actually move, and you can like turn. We got to get all the haptic stuff now, like gloves and this vests, so you can feel yourself getting hit. And I'll put together a list. Okay, and then we'll make a video about it or something. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be great. But I got the thing. It's like you stand. It's got this the thing you strap into. And then when you put the headset on, you can play a video game where you, you actually run oh. on the treadmill. Can you jump? No. Does the harness hold you? If you, you can, dock you and can't jump? jump. They got super advanced they, ones coming out. Do they market it for video games or like as an exercise? Video thing? games. Well, oh. both actually. Because like Do you guys remember Wii Fitness? It oh, would be yeah. like mm. you can be on the Wii and Dude, you want to lose weight? That, play that um what is it called? Space Pirate Trainer yeah, that on game's the Oculus. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Dude, that game is so much fun. And uh, for those that aren't familiar, you're basically just standing on the small platform. There's a bunch of little robots that fly around and you have different types of guns and you're shooting at them. And yeah. you can also pull out a shield and a, like a lightsaber and whack them. It's all around you. So you fun. spin around like 360 doing I've, martial arts. I played that one on the Oculus. And then uh, there's one where you're you like sweaty. an assassin or something. You're like killing people or whatever. But I was in the skate park when I did it and you have to like punch someone who's coming close to you. And I punched the wall because i had you gotta set the on. boundaries i didn't do it well so now i've retired from my vr video you game punched days. the wall yeah it was like square and then i had to like lift up the glasses and i was like did your oh, hand man. hurt it did hurt but i mean you feel like i had a lot of street cred oh. i felt like a true video game person I was you like, draw you, you draw the boundaries and you i think i had just messed it up because i'm not very good at it but well, that's the thing if we if with this treadmill thing you can you stand it you can't go anywhere it's much so safer. when you're in it you can move around You've, they got to make one where you can jump. Yeah. That's, that's, and, that's, and duck too, if you can like, well, you can definitely you can crouch. Yeah, Dude, duck, when you can yeah. jump and like go on your stomach and like fly, that's going to be, I mean, I think there are ones that do that. Jumping's key. Also, wide. can you take wide steps or is it one of the smaller ones where you've got to I have no idea how big your legs together? Yeah, you there, there's, there's a new one called the Omni One that has this single arm that connects to your, to a harness and then it spins around. That's not available yet. They're doing this ad campaign where they're like, invest in the company or whatever, but there's, there's other treadmills you can get. Yo. And then you All go right. to a padded room if you're me. And yeah, we can do multiplayer with that. It's going to be wild. Justin G says, to your point, Tim, I remember when I saw my first total solar eclipse. Total letdown compared to what I expected thanks to Hollywood and social media. Dude, you ever see those photographs where it's like there's a the moon is really, really big and there's like a person standing there and you're like, wow, how did they get a, a picture of the moon so big? They're very, very far away and there's a telephoto lens and they zoom in and it makes the moon look big compared to the backdrop. All of this stuff, man, so much of life is just made to look more magical than it really is. And then you go somewhere and you're like, oh, that's cool, I guess. You know, everything, that's... the colors are always saturated. You go to Denmark and you see those photos of like in Denmark, those colorful houses. And you go there, everything's a bit more dull than that. Mm -hmm. They brighten the colors. Come here. The candy is covered in salt. It's not delicious. It's rather awful. People <laughs> sue the fast food chains that use styrofoam to make their burgers look bigger. I mean, everything's an illusion. Oh, wow. So, uh, Switzerland. Those are, what there they, are what, two what big they, lawsuits with that. What they do with burgers is when they make the burger, first of all, it's like not even a real burger, but they'll cut it, a triangle in the back, and then spread it out. Mm. So you can't see the back of the burger. It looks wide. Yeah. Such scumbaggery. Dude, any, anybody who's ever seen a commercial for a Big Mac knows you ain't getting that when you order it. Mm -hmm. How can they? It's, that's, that's false advertising. But that's Taco what, Bell. Come on. Ain't no way someone's going to try and tell me that what, what I see on the menu is what they're giving me because mm -hmm. it's always like, I love Taco Bell, by the way. But it's always smashed, you know, and you're just like, nah, come on. Uh, there really was a big class action lawsuit against uh, 
McDonald's, I believe, and there might be one against Taco Bell right now of people who are like showing the advertisement and saying like this was not it because there there is a certain amount of manipulation they're allowed to do to make the food look better. But they're saying like it's it, the reading these are really funny because it'll be like it's 50 percent cheesier than advert or less cheesy than advertised. And like you want to be like, who is spending the time writing this lawsuit? But. I mean, the consumers aren't happy. Did you see that crazy viral video yesterday on Twitter with that? I think it was a man in a costume. He had this kind of weird neck mask and he was in McDonald's complaining oh. about the fries. Did you see that one? Yeah, I didn't look into it. I, I think it was fake. There's so many people saying, oh, it was a man in a mask or it was a general woman. But they had this weird mask, almost like um, Bo Selector, if you ever saw that. It was a comedy show in the UK. Um, weird, but it was all over the internet. It was actually really funny. But um, yeah, people are divided whether it's a real per person or just someone in a mask. They're trying to be a Karen for attention to go viral, basically. So everybody in the chat's ragging on Taco Bell. KP says Taco Bell is an awesome laxative. I actually, <laughs> I actually don't have any issues when I eat Taco Bell. I, I, I was surprised because uh, I didn't have it for a decade or whatever, and then I decided I was, I, I, I think I was, I was on like Grubhub or something, and Taco Bell popped up, and I'm like, let's, I'll, I'll, I haven't ordered Taco Bell in a long time. Had no problems whatsoever. Actually, felt decently well mm -hmm. after having it. Had some recently, and also decently well. However, however. Uh, someone said, uh, let's see, Simulacra Virus says Taco Bell blows. Well, it's certainly not food. I don't know. It tastes great, though. And then Diego Zion says Taco Bell does not look appetizing ever. WTF. Uh, fair point. Fair point. And someone else called it dog food. Okay. I, I accept it. But uh, the thing is, Taco just, Bell pioneered so staying open super late. And even now in this area, it's open the latest. So if you want food after, I don't know, your late night podcasting thing, you know, you go to Taco Bell. They have also you did guys free seen refills. the memes? Mm. Have you, you seen hang out yes. there for a long time? Have you and and as a skateboarder tradition, after we finished skating, we'd get Taco Bell and then we'd you'd get Baja yeah. Blast. Mm -hmm. But have you ever have you seen the meme where it's like Taco Bell, it's four in the morning and there's like a Maserati and then like a like a 1992 Chevy. The Great Equalizer. The Great Equalizer. Everybody's just trying to live mass. Mm -hmm. Yo, we went to Taco Bell last weekend and it was like, I don't remember what time it was. It was like 10 or something. And that's exactly what we saw. Mm -hmm. There were like two sports cars in the front looking really nice and then regular cars behind. And I was like, man, people really just want to live mass. Yeah, they do. And Taco Bell is <laughs> interesting because they have their, like number one, it, it's uh, popular among vegans and vegetarians because they have more options. Uh, but also they have their cantinas where they're like different restaurants where they can serve alcohol. There's some in like yeah. major cities. So as a brand, I actually think they're really interesting. Uh, I can't make you I've, eat there if you don't want to. I've but. seen how they make the food because there's an Instagrammer who like his account is like Taco Bell prep. It's disgusting. Oh, why? <laughs> it's so nasty. Like the beans are a bag of powder that they pour into like a vat. And then it like, it's just like a gel that reconstitutes. Oh. When they grab the beef, I'm just like, I do not want to eat any of that. But then we end up at Taco Bell. But the cheese is fine. Is it? Yeah, the cheese is fine. Uh, I used to love it in the 90s. I don't, man, I don't, I don't, I don't like wheat best. tortillas. Yeah, I'm away from that now. Corn tortillas. And even then, I try to avoid that. You know, if I go, we, we go to, uh, there's a really, really great Mexican restaurant called Mi Degollado, which apparently means like slitting a man's throat in what? Spanish. Yeah, apparently. But uh, it's amazing. And it's out here in West Virginia. So I always get the fajitas and I just say no tortillas. And then it's just, yeah, it's like as healthy as healthy can be. It's chicken, peppers, and onions. You know, how are you going to go wrong with that? I call it real Taco Bell. All right. A green clover says the lasers from China could be from LIDAR mapping bunkers and ideal targets for a first strike. Yep. But China said it was nothing. They said it was nothing to worry about, right? So we should trust them. 
Yeah, they're just looking for pollution centers. They said that about COVID, didn't they, when it first came out? They said, oh, it's nothing to worry about. It's fine. We're containing it. And look what happened. So we can't trust their word. Christopher Marr says, Tim, you should make a rise with Roberto Jr. zombie version <laughs> with a foot coming out of the ground or Roberto Jr. coffee strong enough to wake the dead. Also rip Roberto Jr. Man. How about... <laughs> I love that comic because it's like, let's make fun of the fact that he died. Also rip. How about for Halloween, we make a blend called Re-Rise with Roberto Jr.? He's back. We'll do only a couple hundred of them, and it'll be like a premium roast, you know, limited edition Halloween blend. I'll drink it. That'd be funny. That'd be cool. Because you yeah, already, I, love I it. mean, most brands roll out the pumpkin spice in the fall, and you guys would have a Halloween blend. Brent blend. Re rise with Roberto Jr., and it'll be a zombie foot coming out of a. We're giving him a Viking funeral this Sunday, I think. Oh, I'm gonna miss it. I'll so we we have a we have a pond, and so we're going to make a little boat, put reeds on it, place him on it. We're going to tie a rock to a string, tie tie the end to the little boat and throw it into the middle of the pond so that it anchors it. And then we're going to, you know, throw a little fire on it. Oh, yeah. Give him a little Viking funeral. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Poor little guy. He didn't have a good heart. We don't think. Oh, man, great rooster. But they're chickens. I mean, in any other world, he probably would have been food. He would have been and killed they, and eaten when he started hurting the hens. Probably. Well, what they do is they, they, they call it giving them to nature because you don't want boys. So when you're when you're naturally hatching the, the eggs... When you get boys, you just take them out of the coop and place them on the ground. And that's it. You walk away. And little dude just isn't there tomorrow. Well, that's giving them back to nature. We've got uh, like 10 roosters at Cocktown over at Freedomistan. And I'm like, why do we have these roosters? Let's eat them. They're food. One of like they've been fighting because they, they don't really they're, they're not they don't really like the, the idea of roosters killing each other is not really true. Only if there's girls around. So they're mostly fine. But they're not living well. And I'm like, let's just put them in a pressure cooker, man. And then have some rooster stew. Do you need to get them checked for parasites or anything? Uh, I No, I, I we've raised them. And I, I don't think we have to worry about that. They're fed farm, like organic good stuff. But um, Chris doesn't want to eat them. So I was like, okay, then let's just open the door. Let them go do their thing. You know what? I, I really would love this idea. If we had like 50 roosters, I envision this fox like sneaking up onto the property and like hearing the rooster crow and thinking, I'm going to get me some food. <laughs> and then he like sees one rooster sitting there looking around, you know, bobbing its head. And the fox is like, oh yeah. And the fox creeps, fox creeps up and then it jumps for the rooster. And then all of a sudden, like there's 300 roosters with glowing eyes looking at the fox. And the fox is like, no, what is this? And then the roosters eat the fox instead. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Roosters being like, Stand, that'd be a good commercial up. for stand your grounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In memory of Roberto Jr. All right, we'll grab a couple more super chats. What do we got over here? Eric Alman says, Tim, multiple Kenda fires not started by satellite lasers. And Tim, Hawaii fires could have been started by satellite laser. So what I said was the most likely scenario in Hawaii is that someone's cow kicked over a lantern. All right. The most likely scenario in Canada was there was actually a map showing a bunch of lightning strikes. Now, could there have been you know, uh, attacks by, yeah, for sure. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm, I'm literally calling it a conspiracy theory and just talking about weapons capabilities, but I gotta, I gotta be honest. I'm willing to bet some lady's cow kicked over a lantern. You, you guys know that reference, right? Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, Chicago. Okay. Right. I, I, I don't know if that was a unique to Chicago thing, and Mrs. I was like saying, well, we all observe Chicago culture in this house. What's we do. Like? What's her name? We ordered Portillo's today. Oh, cool. Yeah, maybe we should have hot dogs. Do you know the I went to a Portillo's for the first time over the summer and it was very cool. You, it, you want to talk about fast food, okay? Portillo's is the best ever. 
No question. My only yeah. question is, do they have green dye in the um, relish? Because it's very green. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they don't. I, there's a lot. Yeah, relish. You, you, it's just good. It's really good. I think we should have a it's good uh, question though, because I I thought that too. Yeah, I think we should have a board game or card game where we like create conspiracy theories because you know you were just speculating about the lasers we should be allowed to talk freely yeah about vol volcanic game? blasts yeah. and stuff <clears throat> like cards against humanity but instead of i don't know whatever they're doing you make conspiracy like theories. false false flags <laughs> oh that is a good idea for a game like kind of like cards against hum uh, humanity but you have different conspiracy theories mm -hmm. and so everyone gets dealt cards and then so you, you have like, like a, yeah. a result and a conspiracy it's theory like the and you gotta put them together. That's a, that's a good idea. Thank and then you. people will like, there we have, we have there'll, there'll be three sets of cards. There will be like conspiracy and result. And then there will be like um, the, like the, 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 the scandal or something, mm -hmm. right? So someone draws a card and it says like wildfires were started in Canada. And then everyone has to choose two cards explaining that, like, what happened Billy's yeah, explosive I think really fart fun. you know stuff like that you'd be like, well obviously that isn't it one of them will be like cow kicks over a lantern and then the other one is you know causing a massive explosion which destroys three small towns mm -hmm. and then you like play it down and then people will vote on who they think is the funniest and then just like that you know you win yeah that'd be fun all right you've heard it wants to make it also we should probably open source the video game love the idea i think we should create a discord room and we'll we'll send the we'll put the code out in the disc in the video game discord server people can just make the game that's a good idea it's game maker i think yeah yeah that would be good <clears throat> matthew draga says my family just bought a restaurant in lahaina that used to be a chart house we were renovating it and now it's gone i'm not looking for sympathy lots of people lost their homes pray for maui man sorry to hear it speaking of kellen uh sent us a, a map for, on twitter you could pull up if you want from steve lookner it's at <clears throat> lookner l-o-o-k-n-e-r and it's a map of all the houses that were destroyed in the fires wow. all this red stuff i don't know if it's Crazy. accurate but it is yeah. devastating to look at apparently there's a lot of houses and it's a lot of coastal stuff i guess is that they're all on the coast and then there's mountain they can't really get up in the in the mountain i don't think so i'm not your junior raymond that's a very good name says dandelions have medicinal properties in the sap all parts are edible Leaves taste a bit like kale. Boil the roots for hours to make soup. Nectar makes a delicious jelly. Bees love them. Dandelions are the chicken of the plant world. I grew up with dandelions being garbage. And we're like trying to get rid of them. And then I learned out here that they were actually brought here intentionally because they were medicinal. And you can look up uh, Appalachian dandelion recipes. They batter and deep fry them. And apparently they taste like mushrooms. Mm -hmm. yeah. So actually Ian started it when he, when he mentioned dandelion tea. And then we were at, I think, Mom's Organic. Uh, and we bought some. We bought a couple different kinds, and it was the best tea I've ever had. Oh, I was so like, I, I can't remember what it was. I think it was like vanilla, vanilla dandelion yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is amazing. And those circular ones? Yeah. Yeah, those are so good. They're, so good. Some people use, is it dandelion tea or dandelion, some combination of fruits as a replacement for coffee. They say, don't drink the coffee, drink this. It'll give you the mm. energy boost. Uh, a very nice tradesman mountain man when I moved to West Virginia told me that. Wow. All right, let's grab some more. What do you have this? Nina A says, rest easy, Roberto. Roberto Jr. Roberto, his dad, is still around. All right. Purple says, give Tim his Viking funeral. I fully intend to have a Viking funeral when I die. And it has been declared as so. So this is in the public record. On the pond? Uh, no, wherever legal. It'll be like okay. in Norway with legit Vikings, too. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. But I, 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 I thought about this when I was younger. It's like, why would you want to be embalmed and put in a box and buried? That sounds horrifying. Nah, put me on a boat, kick me out to sea, and set me on fire. What about shot being shot into space? I don't know. That's weird. All right, everybody. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, 
Head over to TimCast.com, click join us, become a member, because we're going to talk about some spicy, not-so-family-friendly issues, but uh, you should join the conversation. We've got a lot of gender ideology issues to discuss, and that'll be up in a few minutes. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Ali, do you want to shout anything out? Um, yeah, so anyone that's interested in gender ideology and trying to tackle this, um, please pre-order my book, Gender Madness, right now. And uh, let's, you know, solve this issue together. Let's talk about this issue, have a conversation, and let's do what's best for kids. Do you have a, a website in particular you'd like people to buy it from? Um, so it's on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Walmart. And, you know, for all of this gender ideology exposing, I do a lot on my Twitter, so at Ollie London TV, so people can find it on there. And, you know, I'm always sharing all of these woke stories and new legislation that's being introduced in different states because I think it's very important that people go and testify against these bills that are trying to force uh, legislation for gender-affirming care. And oftentimes, Democrats try to push it through without people and residents even realizing. So, you know, I highlight a lot of that on my Twitter. And, you know, I think it's important to share that. That's awesome. Well, it's mm. been awesome to have you here. Thank you. Uh, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. You should follow at TimCast News on Twitter and Instagram. Definitely check out the story that Chris Bertman published today about Florida and what's going on there. It's really interesting. Who's talking about it in the office? If you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at HannahClaire.B or on Twitter at HCBrimlow. Thank you so much. Thanks for all your work, man. Really cool. I followed you on Twitter Thanks. at Ollie totally London back. TV. <laughs> big, big pleasure. Um, great. So catch you later, man. Gender Madness. Thanks for coming, dude. Pick Thank it up on Amazon or wherever books are sold. I'm Ian Crossland, and I will see you later. Yep. Pleasure to see you, Ollie, as always. Uh, I am Surge.com. I'm ready for this after show. Let's just get to it. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out.